0: Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special mini-series just for you.
1: We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We're
0: giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill made you go click 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 it's real easy man
2: i
3: hardly endorse this event or product
0: ahoy hoy everybody welcome to talking simpsons where we do some serious boning i am your host religious hook rug weaver bob mackie and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today?
1: Fan of delicious wine, Henry Gilbert. And who do we have on the line?
0: This is Lewis Peitzman, a land of contrasts.
1: <laughs> and today's
0: episode is DOS Bus.
3: Internet, eh?
0: <laughs> today's episode aired <laughs> February 15th, 1998. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps>
1: Oh, boy, Bobby, the first cloned calf is born. Al Jean and Mike Reese's Teen Angel is canceled by TGIF. No. (laughs) And the 1980s are alive again in Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore's rom-com, The Wedding Singer. Number one at the box office.
0: Even though it has a rapping granny, I will say (laughs) that could be the best Adam Sandler movie at a time when mm. 80s nostalgia was still a fresh novelty. I think that's why I enjoyed it.
1: I, I think it might be his best movie, but I still... Uh, since I saw Happy Gilmore at the exact right age to like an Adam Sandler film, that's still my favorite. Mm. But I think her, him and Drew Barrymore, are they're, they're, they have a really great chemistry together, so it makes for a really good movie.
4: That's a very charming movie, and you can kind of overlook the fact that Adam Sandler's in it, which is always <laughs> a, a
1: yeah. Well, he's not playing like a baby voice
0: man so it's like that could be a human being on the screen right there he's an actual person
1: you the biggest disbelief suspension you have to do is that uh billy idol has not aged at all from the (laughs) the 80s to then he pulled it off
0: (laughs) yeah yeah but like in the 90s 70s nostalgia was everything we were Mm -hmm. steeped in it so like what if we thought about the 80s once in a while and it's like wow we could do this and then we're still doing it to this very day. There's uh, things uh, like, uh, I don't know, we have never escaped 80s nostalgia, I think.
1: The millennials are going real hard on 90s nostalgia, though, now. True. I think 80s nostalgia, is I think, might be in its dying breaths now, 20 years later. I hope so.
0: I'm sick of it. <laughs>
1: As someone who runs a classic gaming podcast,
0: even I'm sick of 80s nostalgia.
1: <laughs> well, Bob, look at this. It's a CD player. It, mm. it's, it's so gigantic. And huh? it's new. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, but yes, Teen Angel. Not uh, not long for this world. Uh, Al and yeah. Reese would. Mike Reese would just quit television altogether, <laughs> except for Future Simpsons freelance work, basically, and Al Jean would uh, come crawling back to The Simpsons.
0: Yep, the world was not ready for a
1: sitcom about a sassy angel. (laughs) I wonder if that that show would work now. Like,
4: maybe it was just ahead of its time.
1: The first episode begins with a teen dying of eating a bad burger. I wonder, they'd have to go a a darker, realer place instead of making it a joke now, I think.
0: Yeah, like, The Critic was them making a Simpsons for ABC. A teen Mm -hmm. angel was them basically fitting themselves into the TGIF mold. I think it didn't quite work out. I've never seen the show, but I have not heard good things. I don't even think they like it very much. Oh, no. Yeah.
4: Maureen McCormick from The Brady Bunch was on it, which is a big selling point for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's she's great. She she almost seemed too young to be playing a mom of a teen in need of an angel. Eternally,
4: eternally a teenager herself.
1: (laughs) I forgot she was on
0: that show, but, you know, Al Jean left Gracie Films and Fox to work for Disney for a while. A lot of people got great development deals at that time in that era and he would talk about on commentaries on these DVDs that we watched that whenever he was at Disney, he hated Disney. He's like, I wish I was back at The Simpsons. Why can't I be back at The Simpsons? He eventually found his way back to The Simpsons, but now he works for Disney again. Yes. I wonder how he feels about that. He hated
1: Disney so much. <laughs> Openly so. Well, I've, I've said before my theory that they're going to, once the current deal is up, Disney didn't keep employing jo- George Lucas. They didn't bring him back for more movies. I have a feeling they're going to want to uh, clear the deck of original creators on simpsons it's gonna be interesting uh but yeah and then uh, calf was cloned uh, they, they were cloning all the animals yeah. in 98 it's it's you working their way through the whole barnyard <laughs>
4: <laughs> and now we have cloning for everyone so we've come so far just constantly cloning people and things
0: did we get to the point yet in history where bill clinton was like no more clones of people that's my Bill Clinton, by the way. It's terrible. <laughs> I, think, I think 98 is when it was signed into law.
1: I forget when. A, a tiny, the tiniest thumbs
0: down to clones.
1: <laughs> uh, but all right, DOS Bus. Uh, Lewis, we, you you were last on our Treehouse of R7 podcast. You're a yes. big Simpsons fan, quite an expert. Out of all, I gave you a list of upcoming episodes. You really wanted this one. Why?
4: You know, season nine is it's so weird for me because I always forget that things really got wacky in season nine, like it's a it's a big jump from season eight. And so I was looking at a lot of those episodes. And in terms of like weird high concept things, uh, Lord of the Flies parody really worked for me. I, I remember loving it at the time. Yeah, I was just looking for a chance to revisit.
1: And uh, were you a reader or watcher of Lord of the Flies as a youngster?
4: I had, I definitely pretended to read it in school, <laughs> but I found it too traumatizing. And I similarly had like seen part of the movie, but was like, just deeply upset by how they treated piggy so i couldn't actually watch it
0: wow yeah i have a uh, master's in literature and i've never read this book it just never <laughs> surfaced in any curriculum i was part of so uh, i just never encountered it i know all the beats of the story i know piggy getting his glasses broken and the thing with the boars and everything like that but that's basically i just know it via parody
4: right i mean i feel like we all know that people are generally terrible especially boys and so i don't need to read or see something to confirm that for me I yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah that's yeah as, uh, as a young, picked-on child for me, too, I, I didn't really need that thing to let me know, like, oh, I would be piggy on this island, and I but don't like this. It confirmed the existence of bullying. Yes. <laughs> I needed that in your just life. Just
4: in case you were confused about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I also fear it could give bullies bad ideas. They're like, oh, I could do this. I could just take it over and make people do uh, kill someone for me. I never read it as a kid, either. It wasn't forced upon me in school, uh, nor was it played for me at school on the TV, the uh, the film from the 70s i think it was or 80s I, I so i only know it through cultural osmosis as well you know listeners out there i'm sorry we're such philistines we have not read the, read or watched it but when i watched this episode though in 1998 i knew this was a lord of the flies thing like it's it's such a well-known story oh yeah so they didn't need and they hit it so hard on the head all the lord the famous lord of the fly beats it's it's not so it's not hard to guess. Uh, I will say that on the Gilbert family VHS, this was one that I would skip over a number of times in my rewatchings because yeah. I didn't like it very much in 1998
0: either. We're having a lot of discussion in this room before the recording. There's a lot of hate for this episode. <laughs> I, I like
4: I no, I just, I just was wondering. I mean, I, I hadn't, I didn't know there was, there was backlash.
0: I recall I was not, at this point in my life, I was on alt TV Simpsons, the news group, reading reviews and things like that. I wasn't writing a lot, but uh, people hated everything about the Simpsons. <laughs> I think forever on the internet, but especially at this point in time, there were more people getting on the internet than ever, as this episode reflects with Homer. And uh, people really hated the ending, and I think the ending cast a shadow across all the funny things that happened before it in the episode. (laughs) I guess we'll get to the ending, but it is still kind of controversial, even though they have done this ending several times before the and and before. Yeah, they did.
4: Yeah, I mean not to jump ahead, but just because it's like a Deus Ex Machina ending, or like a what is the complaint?
0: Like I guess that you're robbed of a satisfying conclusion.
1: Well, yeah, that it's a it's a rabbit out of a hat ending, but also like the effort was put into uh, I, that it is kind of a middle finger to you as well that they're like, look, we did not put effort into explaining how the kids got off the island. But we did put the effort into getting James Earl Jones to <laughs> say the line about how we didn't try to write something. And so it's which which does make it funnier than if like Dan Castlonette or whoever on the co- uh, did the voiceover and said, there's no ending to this episode. But, right. but yeah, that's that's what bugged me. At the time, but also just the in 1998, as a grumpy 15 year old, uh-huh. I didn't like spending this much time with only the kids. I didn't find the kids' classrooms funnies all that funny by that point. I was no longer in elementary school. And so just spending that long on the island. And also, like, Milhouse sucks, and I just hate him in this episode. I, <laughs> I love Milhouse mostly, but he's so detestable in it and it doesn't it doesn't isn't fun to go back to for me i guess my
4: only my only thought about the ending though is that it feels very much like similar to the rest of season nine things you know you have like this is the season of principal and the Popper, which also has a very silly like middle finger ending um so i guess i just kind of accepted it as part of this era of The simpsons
1: yeah well i, I i'm glad you brought up principal the Popper because mm-hmm. this was my reaction to this was more of what people have said their wow. reactions to principal wow. the Popper were the moment where you're like, this is where the downward trend begins for me more so than Principle of the Pauper. This is not... I don't want to really shit all over this episode. Because it is... There are funny bits, and I will point out where I think there's really funny stuff. But... Principal and the Popper is the very least that I believe them when they say it was a meta narrative about how people reject changes to a TV show. So a hasty ending that uh, that jokingly gets undoes all these changes is at least like an intentional commentary on a theme they built into the script, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't work or not based on who. Feels that way. This was not about that the entire way to the end of the episode. It was just they did a Lord of the Flies parody that went too long, and they ran out of time, and they're like, eh, fuck it, th- this ending. And I think that it justifies them in the future also not trying because they said, hey, but remember how funny it was when we yeah. said, let's say Mo.'"
0: Do that again. Well, I think uh, an older episode set a precedent for this, but it was done in a much better way. So, The Day the Violence Died, we love doing that for this podcast because it's even more creative when we look back at it. Because essentially, the story ends in act two, <laughs> and act three is characters of a show like in like, some sort of existential dread state. Like, what do we do now? Like, <laughs> how does this show even finish? And then at the end, it's like two clones of Bart and Lisa <laughs> save the day. <laughs> and it's like uh, they did, de- they devote an entire act to giving you a screw you ending. Here, it's just like five seconds. So, when I watch this episode, as a 14 or 15 year old, I was like, oh, it's like a version of that ending. That's kind of fun. I'm, and I moved on watching King of the Hill next. I wasn't, I wasn't that caught up in being mad i was mad about a lot of stupid things as a teenager to be fair but this didn't really offend me i
1: guess it was that i had less satisfaction on my repeat viewings in 1998 maybe not the minute it ended on the night it premiered but in repeat viewings in that year is is when it really started to we're gonna work through this (laughs) on this podcast today now going back to this though i had completely forgotten multiple any other plot that was not lord of the flies in this and that includes all the internet stuff which i liked in 98 because i was kind of online then and now I actually love these internet jokes quite a lot.
0: Yes, uh, having worked for several internet companies since this episode has aired, I think it is very prescient. It's, I think it really just predicted the dot-com bubble. <laughs> uh, we'll get into more of that later, but uh, I really identified with all the uh, computer companies, sorry, internet company things in this episode. E-commerce. I mean, it did also
4: predict that that porn would be the big motivating factor for many people to get faster internet. That's so. true.
0: Yeah. Having an internet porn joke in 98 felt like way ahead of the curve. <laughs>
1: uh, I think we're going to all have some porn nostalgia later in this episode, but looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, another nice thing about returning to this though, because I always skip this, I usually skip this on the Gilbert family VHS. I have been wrong in previous episodes of this podcast where I say, Well, after Realty Bites, we've only got one more Phil Hartman because I completely forgot oh. that Troy McClure is in this episode. I forgot
0: too. It was a nice surprise. I yeah. mean, treasure every bit of Phil Hartman you get because we're running out mm. at this point. Like, so there's yeah. just one more after this, right? The, yes. Yeah.
1: Bart the Mother, season ten. That's the last of it. But this is our second to last Phil Hartman year. We're so. on the
0: countdown to uh, the tragedy right now. Yeah. Two months. In this timeline. I think. Yeah. I think two
1: months away in real life. May yeah.
0: of uh, '98. Yeah. yeah
1: uh, anyway, let's let's <laughs> let's remember the fun times of this clip. <laughs>
5: Noah, thou shalt buildst thyself an ark Measuring 300 cubits in length 300 cubits, give or take Exactly 300 And thou shalt takest two of every creature Two creatures Two of every creature Even stink beetles Especially stink beetles
3: Cool, got is so in your face.
2: Yeah, he's my favorite fictional character.
3: What's oh, it's so late. You kids have to go to bed. But the flood's only knee-high. At least let us watch till the midgets drown. Yeah, Mom, come on. You're gonna stay up to watch Troy McClure and such other Bible epics as David vs. Super Goliath and Suddenly Last Supper. go way to cite precedent. Ah! Oh, all right, you can stay up late tonight, but tomorrow everyone's going to bed at 5 o'clock.
0: woo <laughs> That was my experience whenever these biblical epics would air on TV as a kid uh, because they were three hours long, with commer- like three hours long originally, and then have to be uh, have commercials spliced into them. So it would be mm. like in the entire day, like, is this still on? <laughs> 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 why are they going to crucify this guy already? Get to it. I'm glad that era of movies is over.
4: <laughs> I like the joke about going to bed at five because when I was a kid, I definitely did not understand why you would want to go to bed at five. And now I fully understand. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's uh it it feels like a real reprieve from life yes yeah (laughs) well also means homer gets to go home early from work because he just says well my wife said i had to go to bed at five i recall i think i watched half of the ten commandments this way and just eventually i got so just tired of waiting like the commercials i I, the only times i watch movies on tv now with commercials on it is when i visit family uh and they have on christmas movies like so a Christmas story like every I swear it was every four minutes they had a commercial now and the commercials are very loud yes and, twice as and loud
4: Christmas story you're just waiting for the racist last scene so really
0: <laughs> I thought every commercial was just a Geico ad at this point in history uh, well actually progressive.
1: last night I did a rare watching of live television too but this was uh, a pro wrestling event and so most of their ads were the, the new tropics they're selling to uh, to old men now they all are like you gotta, you gotta dye your beard and I bet your dick doesn't work. So take some tropics. Here's here's a guy who used to well, used to be a baseball player. He his dick works now.
0: I have never read ad copy for dick pills yet on a podcast. <laughs> nice vow to you, listeners. I never will.
1: I do like the bit here of the kids in their negotiation tactics. Like that was a favorite of mine as a kid too. Is a, a clever little snot nosed kid saying like, "Hey, you let me do that this time. What what about yeah. now? Citing precedent is very important as a child." <laughs> Now as an adult, though, if I had kids, I feel like I'd say like, yeah, well, I'm setting a new precedent. You go to bed now. Laws just changed. This is not a democracy. <laughs> I like the cut from them deciding they're going to watch the whole thing no matter how long it takes and then the cut is Homer has completely finished his, his personal bowl of popcorn <laughs> and, and Maggie's just passed out on on Marge's legs there. Uh, it's also, it feels like a commentary on how Fox would, you know, condense the credits with when Kent Brockman comes in and ruins the end of a movie.
0: Yes, yes. And I love the thing about the uh, real life Noah's Ark. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> he kills two of every animal.
1: <laughs> Tread, Magic story of animal yeah. abuse is the lighter side of the <laughs> news. Uh and though the AM Springfield just has the same music as I on Springfield. Yeah. Hey. Small budget, a local station. <laughs> is, that a, is
4: that a continuity error or is it?
1: And let's just say they reused it for uh for yep. the show. I mean it could we could call it a continuity error, but uh I'll let I'll- them
4: happen. It. it was intentional.
1: <laughs> uh so the kids then run off to their model UN club, uh and where some boning goes down. <laughs>
5: Okay, delegates, you leave tomorrow for the Statewide Model UN, so this is our last chance to bone up. And bone we will.
3: Lighten up, please.
5: Finland, let's see that native dance. <laughs> smile more. Work that pelvis. No, too much <laughs> smile. Sit down. Poland, tell us about your nation's achievements.
3: Well, uh, I heard they sent a rocket to the sun once. At night, and there was a submarine with a screen door.
5: No, 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 no. Young man, you need to do some serious
0: boning.
3: (laughs) Oh, grow up, Lise.
0: (laughs) A brief note about some design things in the show. Mm -hmm. I love all the costumes for the kids. One thing really annoys me, and we have uh, Simpsons comic book artist Nina Matsumoto sitting here in the room. Not allowed to talk on Mike, of course. She's not mic'd up. But um, when Bart (laughs) is wearing these sunglasses, normally the Simpsons' eyes are just connected to each other. The two eyes are just together. Mm-hmm. But when he wears the sunglasses, there's a strip of flesh they add between uh, them. And there's, uh, there's an episode coming <laughs> up where Homer is a bodyguard. It's like a bodyguard parody and he's wearing sunglasses. I think it's the one with Mark Hamill.
1: Yeah, the bimon Sci-Fi Con episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah uh, mayor, uh, mayor to the Mob. Right. Uh, throughout the entire episode, he's wearing sunglasses with just a strip of flesh between his eyes. Uh, and it doesn't, it, like, it's so weird. And then I looked up other, I was going deep on this. <laughs> I was like, just typed in Bart sunglasses and it like varies between adding a strip of flesh between mm. the eyes and and having the sunglass lenses smashed together to mm. fit the Simpsons, like, connected eyeballs.
4: There's really no good way of doing that, is there? Yeah,
0: I don't know if this irritated anyone else, but whenever I see <laughs> this, it really bothers me. Well, just, that, just have, like,
1: they add a strip of, that shouldn't happen, it shouldn't be. <laughs> it uh, it will an- annoy me from now on, but I never never really yeah. thought about it before. I From a design perspective, perhaps they saw, like, well, we draw Milhouse and other glass permanent glasses wears to have a strip of flesh and showing the thing that connects the lenses together. So perhaps that rule in design overrules the rule of eyes connecting on characters that don't normally wear glasses. Yeah,
0: and (laughs) Mila's eyes are very far apart in his head and very tiny as we see in this episode.
1: Yeah, which uh, that's a great idea.
4: I'm looking at at images now. I Google image search Simpson sunglasses because you sent me down this rabbit hole. (laughs) And there was a GIF of Marge wearing sunglasses and taking them off and the strip of flesh disappears as she takes them all. Oh,
0: no.
1: That's creepy.
0: Yeah. I'm glad I can give our guests the same kind of mania that I have. (laughs) Uh, I hope we've
1: infected the whole audience with it now. They're all searching right now for it. I don't know if there are still Polish
0: jokes or Polish stereotypes, but I grew up in an extremely, extremely Polish town. Mm. And my mom married a very, very Polish man. So I've heard every Polish joke. The word Polak was thrown around. I hope I don't get canceled (laughs) for saying Polak. Is Is that a slur now? Uh maybe it's always been a slur I, th- yeah. I think they've been a, they've been invited into the white people club right
1: you, yeah but I mean you couldn't say I feel like you'd get in trouble if you said a slur against Italians too, that's even true. though they're that's in the true. white people
0: well club. Uh, if you are Polish I've got a Polish stepdad he said it's okay <laughs>
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile I lived in a very uh, thankfully free of Polish people <laughs> that's a good, that's you're a not joke. getting pierogies that's there j- buddy that's, yeah I know I missed out but I never heard any of these Polish jokes this scene in the episode was my introduction to mean jokes about the Polish, though so you can replace Polish with any, any uh, ethnicity you want to slur, and the jokes work the same. Are you giving tips on how to slur different ethnicities? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if you no, I, I'm sorry. Uh, the bit there with Lisa is being the French person not laughing. Uh, I that it, it's obviously a joke about French people have no sense of humor. That's the comment there. As long as we're making more generalities about ethnicities, there's an extra gag to it that then Lisa starts to laugh. That it feels like a joke about how one once we stopped laughing at Jerry Lewis, for example, that's when the French start laughing
0: at him. Yeah, okay, I can see that. I was wondering if there'd be a Jerry
1: Lewis connection. thats uh, I feel like I have to make a Jerry Lewis connection, but uh, it I could be just reading things into it. It's also weird that Skinner tells a child to move his pelvis. Yeah. That, that bit did make me go like, hmm, that's odd. <coughs> I don't know if you have the uh, Bart speech about Libya. You I do. That? Okay. Uh, so why don't we hear that real quick?
5: Okay, Libya. Exports
3: Yes, sir, you American pig
5: <laughs> Nice touch
3: uh, <clears throat> Let's see uh, The exports of Libya are numerous in amount One thing they export is corn Or as the Indians call it, maize Another famous Indian was Crazy Horse In conclusion, <laughs> Libya is a land of contrast Thank you
0: I have heard that uh, memed and quoted a lot uh, I think it's actually from a Life in Hell comic oh. where it's like the perfect way to end a bunch of bullshit if you're trying to like explain something and want to get <laughs> out of it in conclusion blank is a land of contrast I've heard that said so much since this episode and people say that the later eras aren't referenced as much that I can hear that a lot yes in, uh, 100% on the internet
1: well it's very
4: useful it's sort of <laughs> like I mean since we talked about this the last episode I did with you guys it's sort of like the twirling toward freedom speech yeah. and it, it's nothing but it's very very useful. When you're dealing with like politicians saying absolutely nothing and trying to sound very deep, but I also do love and I also occasionally quote the as the Indians call it maze line, which <laughs> I don't know what it's doing there, but it's it's perfect.
1: It's it's all great filler of like a, yeah, the, I I love it as a person who had to write too many essays in school, and just these are all the filler things you get to get to a word count. It's almost too smart for Bart to know all these easy <laughs> filler things on it. I. I uh, like all the empty platitudes talking about, the, like, Skinner gives him a real look of, like, corn, really. But then Bart moves on so fast. And, yeah, the land of contrast, that's the great, the greatest. Especially, I think he gets memed a lot now because, especially with Twitter, but we're just in such a pundit era now yeah. that everybody has to try to say something with saying nothing and you need different ways of saying like well aren't both sides wrong in this or we live in a society or yeah, you know America's positives outweigh its negatives or uh, any of that bullshit uh, and so a land of contrast especially when you're talking about a place that you don't know anything about which for most Americans is anywhere outside of America That's True, <laughs> it really covers your ass there. I mean
0: I am criminally miseducated because I grew up in America so only upon this viewing did I realize the Sherry and Terry being Trinity and in Tobago they are a dual island nation yes. I didn't know that until <laughs> now because I'm stupid about geography thanks a lot American um, school system
4: well s- Two, two, two quick things. One, Lisa literally says we live in a society later in this episode. Oh, and wow. That. And also, I was in Model UN when I was in high school. Oh. And had no idea what I was doing, did not do any research or know what Model UN was supposed to do. I just needed something to put on my college applications. And so I joined the club, and there was no instruction on how to do anything. So I was Cameroon, and then I was the Netherlands. Uh, um and i couldn't tell you what i did except sit around a bunch of people and hope that no one called on me <laughs>
1: that sounds like a good i mean and you got it on your college application and <laughs>
4: that's definitely why i got into college yes
1: <laughs> model una uh, welcome well, aboard it's fun to just say something a that's <laughs> a really good i i've done that a lot does
0: that come from this episode uh, i may, do that all the it time like does. blank a
1: <laughs> <laughs> these libya jokes are also quite dated because it's very uh good, Gaddafi era libya. Not, mm-hmm. uh, not according to Wikipedia, we're very friendly with Libya now after the, the revolution there. I, I literally know nothing about Libya, so I know it's a land of contrast. And, <laughs> and then
0: Gaddafi got killed. But That's uh, it. Skinner banging his shoe on the desk. Did you get the reference here? Yes. It's yeah. a reference to an event that might not have happened, or I think I, I forget. It's kind of fuzzy, but Nikita Khrushchev did that in a UN General Assembly to in 1960. Uh, when someone was talking smack about the Soviet Union. And I think <laughs> that is what made him a disgrace, like mm. doing that during the General Assembly.
1: When I looked into it, it says there's no photographic evidence of it happening. It could just be a myth, but it's like this is in the pre-C-SPAN world where just everything was filmed all the time
0: another uh, representative of another country was uh, giving um, a speech or reporting on something and then like, you know, insulting the Soviet Union and that's when he got upset. Mm-hmm. So, reportedly.
1: Even posed-wise, the photo that I saw of it, he, it's not him banging his shoe, it is like right after he apparently did it, but he has stood to the side of a desk the same way Skinner is mm-hmm. as well. So, they're getting the reference as close as they can there. I Though this takes me back to, we've seeing this a ton, we've been doing King of the Hill uh, at the same Time is this, and there's multiple gags where Dale talks about how the UN's going to control you, and like, yeah, this captures much more like the uh, emptiness of the UN and it can't really at least to America and our government it can't really do anything or enforce anything it's funny to think back on they are like well the UN's gonna force us to get rid of all our churches like they couldn't even stop us from invading Iraq <laughs> I don't think they can get rid of our churches
4: not with, not with that attitude <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I mean like the folks who were using the UN as the scary thing like Alex Jones they don't talk about the UN anymore like it was fema and now i think they just trust our government it's the deep state the deep yeah. state now because the government otherwise is great because it's run by our strong powerful president that's why you have to worry about the secret deep state inside the government that's trying to destroy the president
0: i have not dipped my toe too deep into the waters of QAnon.
1: <laughs> you will lose your mind yeah
0: you, you really should not i mean it's made all of our parents insane <laughs> The Simpsons
1: will be right back. I'm putting down my chewy, chewy cocoa beans just long enough to thank our guest this week, Lewis Pitesman. His commentary is always welcome, and we thank him so much for doing this week's episode. And you should definitely check out all of his stuff, learn about it on Twitter or at his Substack. Once more, that's Lewis Pitesman. And if you want to check out more podcasts from us, we have so much to offer you at the Patreon. Patreon subscribers at our Talking Simpsons Network get access to every episode a week ahead of time and ad-free for this podcast you can hear next week's right now and the same goes for our sister podcast what a cartoon where me and bob go through a different animated series and episode each week you can hear that a week ahead of time and ad free as well and that's only the beginning of what you get for five dollars a month if you're a subscriber at patreon.com slash talking simpsons Best of all, you get Patreon exclusive podcasts like our current miniseries, Talking of the Hill, where me and Bob are going through every single episode of King of the Hill of the entire first season. You can only hear that if you are a member at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. And you'd also get to hear our previous miniseries, Talking Futurama and Talking Critic, where we go through both the first season of Futurama and the entire series of The Critic all in one podcast. Cast mini series. Check all of those out and tons, tons more for $5 and up. That includes over 20 interviews with folks who have worked on The Simpsons, some as early as the very first shorts. Check it all out. Patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Internet, a eh? Yes, on the internet you can find many things, including our most premium content at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. If you're a $10 and up subscriber, you get to listen to our monthly What a Cartoon Movie Podcast. If you enjoy hearing me and Bob go into great detail of a Simpsons episode each week, then once a month I think you'll love hearing us talk about a different animated feature film and go super in depth into the history of that movie. You can hear us talk about you can hear us talk about batman mask of the phantasm kiki's delivery service akira a goofy movie the secret of nim and our newest one for this month spider-man into the spider-verse those often go over three hours long and you can hear all of them right now if you sign up at the ten dollar a month level or take your five dollar and a pledge to ten dollars a month you definitely want to hear all this at patreon.com slash talking simpsons When Nelson is pinching his nose, that's when it hit me that they all are dressed like small world characters. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That makes total sense. Yeah. I've been on that ride a lot
0: recently and uh, it sucks.
1: Which they did not. I'm guessing in Model UN Lewis, you did not have to dress in a uh, costume like that.
4: In a, in a culturally offensive costume? No. <laughs> that's good. Um, but I would have had I, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So after it's over, they go. They're sent to their bus, and they're going to head off to Model UN. This. Uh, well, actually, here. Let's hear the clip.
5: Order, order. Do you kids want to be like the real UN, or do you just want to squabble and waste time?
3: Have a great weekend, kids. Be nice to the underprivileged countries. Good luck, Ralphie. If your nose starts bleeding, it means you're picking it too much or not enough.
5: <laughs> Okay, kids, Otto's in charge. Remember, Otto, we're trusting you with
0: our greatest natural resource, the school bus. (laughs) I love the overly coddling
1: Wiggum. Yes, It's very cute. Get off the stage, Ralphie. (laughs) The the nose-picking jokes disgust me. It's pretty gross. I, I laugh much more at boning than that. And <laughs> the uh and also order at any cost as the as the slogan of that UN that with the dove <laughs> dressed
0: up in like uh with like bandoliers yes. and guns and stuff. Yeah, it's great. I,
1: I love that. So if we want to get overly pedantic here. Well that's that's what we're doing here. <laughs> that's our uh, job. So look, the, the children are as far as we see, they get on the island, one night passes, and then the next day happens. So when they say they're gonna be gone for a weekend, they are not gone longer than home. Homer and Marge expect them to be gone for. So maybe that could explain it, but I would feel like parents would check that they, the bus made it to where they were supposed to go, you know? like that's, well, was,
4: they, didn't, they didn't have cell phones, so there must have been no way to contact them. <laughs>
1: no. It was a simpler <laughs> time.
4: You, kind of best. you throw your kids into a bus and you assume they'll make it back safely.
1: <laughs> and you go on with your life. Happy of the freedom to be away from your children.
0: Yeah, like when I took a school trip uh, a few years before this episode aired, there was no like, like, contact with home saying I made it okay mom etc. Just like yeah I'll be
1: at this location and then I'll come back <laughs> I guess I don't remember that either for the few times I did a long I never did more than a day trip I don't think I ever did a stay the night trip at, for mm. school uh, but I would just figure like the teacher would call somebody else to be like hey just checking in we are there. But I think
4: that the idea is that if something horrible happens you'll hear about it.
1: Yeah the <laughs> news will let you know if your child is dead. <laughs> That's yeah,
4: true
0: So are all the kids on the bus later represented on the island because I feel like the only kids I see on the island it's been a few days since I watched this uh, are the ones that actually have personalities (laughs) like are Lewis and Wendell on the island
1: too hmm uh, yeah, uh, they are on the okay. island. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's all the kids are there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're all. It's, it's not a full Kevin bus. Have Lewis and Wendell suffered enough? I mean, they—they're <laughs> doing their best. And uh, oh yeah, we did skip past it too. We had a nice Ralph. There's a lot of good Ralph in this uh, iconic Ralph here, and him being Canada, and all he has is to sing "Oh Canada," which he does correctly. He, People think he's a little slow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So meanwhile, we get the introduction of our uh, really underutilized plot point here, but I love every second of this internet. I kind of wish it was in a different episode and could be expanded a little more, but it is a really fun B story. Yeah, and David S.
0: Cohen, at this point, his name is S. Cohen, at this point in time, he was feeling very anxious because he went into TV writing from, you know, <laughs> going to Harvard and Berkeley, and his friends were making a ton of money in the now, burge, or then burgeoning online world. Mm-hmm. And he was like, did I make the wrong choice, you know, going into writing for uh, the most popular show on te- One of the most popular shows on television. So that is... Being reflected in this episode, his mm-hmm. own anxieties about not having gone into this <laughs> e-commerce world, not being a, a mega millionaire. I'm sure he's a millionaire now.
1: Oh, he's way past millionaire. As I bet multimillionaire. Developer sure. of Futurama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe keeps him out of some of that money. <laughs> no, uh, I in 1998, I was starting to get engaged with the world of uh, purchasing things on the internet. By this point, Amazon wasn't really around. I wasn't by I think 99 was maybe when I bought my first Amazon mm-hmm. book, which all was it's a bookstore i definitely shared an ebay account with my mom at this point she was buying old toys from her childhood i was buying wall scrolls of evangelion (laughs) (laughs) and uh, And everything was as it should have been uh, and i think i maybe by the end of 98 or early 99 was when i first started actually selling things on eBay, but the idea of an internet business did seem very novel in 1998. I uh, I wasn't as online uh certainly not as now. I didn't have as many tools like I didn't want to build a website. I really just kept visiting web rings of different anime or or animated series that I enjoyed or mystery science theater yeah, too. I had built my own
0: websites at this point. They were very dinky like Tripod Geocities ones and they were all mystery science theater <laughs> related. <laughs> I was in several of the rings. I can't remember what I was doing
4: online at this, at this time, but it wasn't anything nearly as cool as what you guys were doing. Mm.
1: Oh, come on now. I, uh, well, I think the idea that you could make money off the internet though was quite novel then that a regular person, not a giant business, but a regular person like Ned could make money off. It was a very, uh, you know, novel idea then. now, now I think most, uh, everyone I know makes money off of the internet. Yeah. And couldn't without the, there internet. are no real jobs apparently. <laughs> oh, certainly not. No, no, it's all going away. Well, that's depressing (laughs) I'm
6: sorry
4: I have
0: more to say about that (laughs) but uh, (laughs) what Homer does in this episode I've uh, it reflects upon several internet jobs I've had Mm -hmm. and how phony they were
1: (laughs) yes yeah but uh, this might be my line of the episode just the uh, the exchanges of A's here with uh, with Homer and Ned is this would you agree to that Bob
0: yeah I know this is where I get the A thing
1: whenever (laughs) I reference it (laughs) blank A so officially line the episode jingle
2: (laughs) that's the joke Flancrest Enterprises. Oops, that's for me. Flantcrest Enterprises is my home business. You liar. You don't have a home business. Why would you make up a lie like that? No, it's true. Mon and I sell religious hook rugs over the internet. <laughs> internet, eh? Yes, indeedy. Making some good scratch, too. Scratch, eh? Yep. Mon, eh? <laughs> <laughs>
3: what are you doing? No time to
2: answer that, Marge. I'm setting up a home office for my new business enterprise.
3: What business enterprise?
2: Ever heard of a little thing called the Internet?
3: Internet, eh?
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Everybody's making money off the Internet except us. We've fallen behind. Way behind. Is
3: that my good butter?
2: Can't discuss that now, Marge. I have to write another delicious memo. Mmm, memo
0: i'm surprised there's not the novelty version of that like a fake stick of butter you can stick mm, pens into man
4: that has to exist
0: i've never seen it, it sounds like a good idea can use, to
4: me You could use a real stick of butter and just
0: and just really commit to <laughs> it if you <laughs> wanted
1: to and then you got to change it out like yeah. multiple times a day but, yeah, but worth it for the bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, i guess like
0: committing to the bit is important
1: well hey free idea for an etsy store guys though you want to make a. Uh, Everybody makes Etsy goods for Simpsons jokes now, so that's an untouched one there, I think. That's another internet business you can start up. Yeah, I think then, too, nobody, like Time Magazine or whatever, would have these covers of, like, the internet, huh? And they just have, like, uh, basically a Matrix uh, rainfall type thing on it. Yeah. And it's just the idea of this magic thing called the internet... But you don't know what it is. Or, and just saying that you want to have an internet business somehow invents itself was definitely the feeling in 1998 among anybody back then.
0: Yeah, I mean, we were leading up to, in a few years, the uh, dot-com bubble of, the, of 2000, 2001, where all the bad ideas. It's like, wait a minute, we have to make money? We can't just keep losing it? <laughs> and then uh, there was a bubble that popped. Well, this is how I
4: feel about Bitcoin and have for the past few years where like, I know something's happening. I don't quite know what it is. Other people are making money and I feel like I should understand it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Data mining, uh, There's all that stuff. There's to it. Yeah. It just makes the price of video cards go up. That's all I know.
1: <laughs> all I've learned about Bitcoin is that it's uh, one of the key investors in it is a guy who is in the Mighty Ducks who also invested in a uh, very skeezy business that uh, Brian Singer also invested in. Mm. Keep digging oh, more right. into that, folks. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll learn Learn some things you don't want to know about Stars of Mighty Ducks, uh, and I feel I am in danger of uh, being sued if I say more things about this.
4: The moral is never Google anyone who was in a movie you loved as a, as a
1: child. <laughs> it's not Emilio Estevez, right? No, no. Not, no. Oh, thank God. It's uh, I think it's the lead guy who didn't really go on anything. You else, said too much. Okay, um, okay. Though as a as a pedantic thing here, though Homer is never connected online. That is the joke. He sets down a typewriter and yeah. says he has an internet business, but he has a pop up ad later. How... How do those things happen?
0: I assume that he went to uh, Gary, Benjamin, and Doug. Oh, okay. And somehow had them make him an internet banner. But man, <laughs> internet banner jokes. Yeah. Amazing. Very
1: new then. Yeah. On uh, network TV, who was making those jokes? I mean, there was a point in
0: time when uh, we were, we, were, I thought we had gotten past the era of pop-up ads. Now, if you dare to go to a website, mm. like things slide to the left and slide to the right and slide <laughs> down. And it's like, do you want to email? No. Do you want to get our newsletter? Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want us to text you? It's like, yeah. no, I just want to read this article. Oh, how many articles have you read this month? Uh, this is your fifth uh, article, sir. Mm. Like, Speaking yeah. of
4: that of that, of that, pop-up ad, though, and how it pops up on the uh, porn image slowly downloading, I wonder if anyone who wasn't using the internet back then understands how realistic it is. Mm -hmm. that images truly took that long to load.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. Later, he says he has a 28.8K modem, right? Yes. Uh, That's pretty accurate. For that speed? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Uh, um, I I mean, we'll get to that scene later, I guess, but it's also, uh, I think the joke there is, like, looking up a naked picture of Kate Mulgrew, mm -hmm. uh, that's a very unlikely search you would do in 1998. Out of all the characters, (laughs) wouldn't it have been, like, uh, 7 of 9 or whatever? No,
1: when they wrote it, maybe 7 of 9 hadn't premiered yet on Voyager. This is not my
0: perspective but she was viewed as a mannish woman mm. at
1: the time. I, I I hope that's not part I, of the and joke. And I think that is the joke. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Jillian Anderson would have been the joke before that. Maybe they're like, yeah. you well, know, we can't make fun of a Fox person.
0: I think it's just like, what is an unlikely
1: search? Uh, well, you know what? We'll get to that. We'll, yeah. We'll, yeah. Let's save this chat for like But I, I also like Homer's honestly being really, again, he's a real jerk to Marge this whole season, but he's just yelling at her like, we've fallen behind, way behind. <laughs> Uh, Which I guess he just means by comparison to Ned. The kids, meanwhile, are going uh, on their drive... Soon, over a bridge that uh, is over, apparently, the entire ocean. Actually, my in-canon explanation for this is they must fall. You remember the current that pulls Ned, Homer, Bart, oh. and uh, Todd out to sea? And Boy Scouts in the Hood? Yes. Yeah. They must fall into the same powerful current that pulls them out to sea as they well. They should build a dam there or something. <laughs> Seems very dangerous. The kids are having an eventful trip uh, where they they you make your own fun when you're on these bus rides here. 63 bottles of beer on the wall.
5: 63 bottles of beer. Oh, this song is driving and me crazy. B-I-N-G-O
3: bingo was his name Oh,
5: Man, I don't know why I bought this stupid tape. <laughs> Ugh.
3: Hey, Simpson, raise First one to the front of the bus gets Martin's lunch money. What? Go apple. Go orange. Go banana. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Make way for grapefruit. Go grapefruit.
0: Good old grapefruit. Nothing yeah. beats <laughs> that. Well, Millhouse
4: really is. You're right. He's not. This is not his finest moment. The entire mm-hmm. episode.
0: He kind of deserves all the punishment he gets for. Uh, he's the catalyst for this accident. For every problem, yeah. is
1: Millhouse's fault.
0: Strongest his fault. Yes.
1: Yeah. Ralph's go banana. Another classic Ralphism there. But also, yeah. If I may the extra man at millhouse he's breaking the rules of this race bart and nelson clearly define the rules as you place it down and then watch how it rolls while well, meanwhile millhouse just bowls it down the middle which is not the rules he's breaking the rules and that's uh, I, I that's another reason to be mad at him in this in this game here He's just trying to be funny with his grapefruit. The gods are punishing him for disrespecting the rules of fruit bowling <laughs> uh and yes i I do like the gag with Otto listening to children singing, yeah, songs <laughs> to enrage bus drivers. <laughs> it's not I mean it's rare they do a joke about that's about Otto's headphones that he's always wearing. that's yeah, true. they're rarely ever playing any music and by nineteen ninety eight still wearing i mean you would still have a tape walkman people would, but you know, by the mid 2000s, he's still wearing it in the in the age of mp3 players.
4: It's like it's a statement piece. It's like it's, you know, it's not really about the practical. It's not about the music he's listening to. Right. It's just
0: kind mm. of about the look.
1: I do like, I still love the look of his classic headphones of just the orange fuzz on
0: it. It's, he is rooted in 1989, yes, Otto. That's yeah. why I love him.
1: He does not change. The world changes around him. He does not change.
4: How how old do you think Otto is? Do we do we know that? Has that ever been mm-hmm. established?
1: You know, he did see his license, but I can't recall if you see the birth date on it. I, I always read him as early 20s. That's, oh, uh, really?
4: I, I guess I never thought about it until like now-ish I just mm-hmm. could not tell you what age he is at all
0: <laughs> I think Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein they went on to make Mission Hill because there was uh the Simpsons there's characters like up to age like 14 or 15 and then no one uh between that and 30 yeah so Otto's like the one character who fit into that world and so they wanted to make a world of characters in that age range so <laughs> Otto would be like in I'm looking on the wiki and there's no age listed but I have to say like he's definitively like in his 20s He's lived a hard life, though, so who oh, knows? Oh,
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems like he could be much older, right? Like, I don't, I, I don't know why. But oh, I think, okay. I think that kind of, like, Arrested Development, stonery thing where he could really be any age.
0: So, according to uh, The Auto Show, he was born on January 18th, 1963, making him 29 in that episode. Okay. So, that makes sense as somewhat, I mean... I guess you could be a bus driver and be happy with your life, but I think the joke is he's still doing this and he's almost 30. He has not found a real job yet, quote-unquote real job. Sorry to all the bus drivers out there. Well, we respect he, you.
1: I don't can't even keep track if he has his own mustard. Yeah, like, <laughs> I had mustard. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, that, that puts him older, but I guess he does... When he talks about the bands he likes, it's rare he's kind of specific about a bands. And this one, it's Zeppelin, which a metalhead of the 80s certainly would like Zeppelin. But I feel like he would be calling out Motley Crue or Quiet Riot mm. or uh, one, White Snake. I don't know. One of those. Or Guns N' Roses. Something from the 80s. Calling out a 70s band, and no matter how iconic they are, that does make him feel a little older.
0: He was going to die. He didn't want to die a fraud. He knew what he really <laughs> loved. And it was 70s classic
1: rock. And uh, yes, the grapefruit juice gets in his eyes. I do like him asking them like, I can't see. You got to be my eyes. And then he goes over the edge like, how we doing? There's a nice little
0: joke when they come back of him spinning the bus wheel like a ship's wheel. Yeah. It's very subtle. I just I just picked up on it this time.
1: That was really clever. And the act two comes back with just like a quiet silence and then the bus drops and then back to quiet and then it pops back up again. That was really clever. It
4: does feel like kind of a a more modern later Simpsons in the sense that like the first act has very little to do with anything that comes after it.
1: Oh yeah. That's,
4: That's very much like a, Season nine, on thing. I, I can't remember season eight doing that as much. Not um, as
0: much. There's a few things like the cider mill and things like mm-hmm. that, but for the most part, they had one big story to tell in those episodes. Uh, and that, so the, the joke. I didn't write it down, but the the joke is the bu- the bus goes under the water and then pops back up, and then what happens? And then it starts sinking again. But okay. It's, it's, it's it, not the dumbbell indemnity joke. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, Homer pops up
1: and down more than once.
0: Okay.
6: Is
4: it? Is it? It's the it's the backing up sound, right? That it makes when it.
0: Uh, that's really it's, funny. Yeah. When it
1: fully goes down, yeah, I like that a lot. It it makes no physical sense, but it's very hilarious. The bus like <laughs> rotates so it can back up underwater. <laughs> uh, and also that when they come back from the commercial, that Ralph is still saying "Go banana." I like that too. And uh, I looked this up in 1989. There was a very similar type of school bus crash, and the results aren't funny. Oh so no, not so let's not talk about that. Happened in Texas though. That uh, you that you can do the rest of the search yourself, guys. So uh, auto. I think does the exact wrong thing, which is abandoning children to get help. Like you probably shouldn't do that. If you're the only adult around children in a bus crashing,
4: I think. Is he really an adult, though? I mean, I know we just talked about his age, but <laughs> I mean, expect him to be a responsible choice.
1: No, that's true. That's true. But, well, the way they write most of the... I mean, Homer has abandoned his children in dire need the same way, so it's not so much an age thing. It's just a maturity level there, yeah. Otto tries to get away. He gets swept away by the powerful current, abandoning the children inside the bus, and the kids realize they're all about to die.
5: Just hang tight, kids for help uh, what the
3: uh, zeppelin rule I guess this is the end Wendell he's Wendell I'm Lewis whatever just tell Wendell I said bye
0: <laughs> As we talked about before in season nine, I think you pointed out, Henry, they're really dealing with the baggage of the history of the show. <laughs> yes. and I love them throwing these season one nobodies under the under the bus, literally, <laughs> because it's just like, wait, who are who is Lewis? Who is Richard? All, who, all these like Shermies of the Simpsons world. Shermie, <laughs> sure, yeah, that's, that's a macarooning
1: joke, by the way. He's oh, like, okay. they're like a Shermie character, it's just like, who are you? Did you have a personality ever? In the shorts, they never went to Springfield Elementary. In a Butterfinger ad, they had one at the school, and that's where Millhouse was introduced. But aside from that part. Had no friends prior to the series. So when they set up the second series episode, uh, Bart, the genius, they need him to have school friends. So they make up these kids and they think, well, these are going to be his regular friends where uh, we put all this work into them. And as the writers would realize over nine seasons, those characters are boring. Are there one joke or not even a joke? Like Richard and Lewis are boring. They, they don't have anything to them. Wendell has one joke of being the queasy kid on the bus. But after the second time they do that, they're like, we're not doing that again. So now, by right, I mean, that was also, Wendell's only
4: defining characteristic is that he is nauseated, right? That's yeah. like the
0: only thing I can think
1: of. Uh, he threw up, and they at least give him a couple throw-up jokes, but...
0: Yeah, in the early openings where they pan across the town... There's a sight gag of everyone fleeing the bus as Wendell throws up. Like, yeah. in that pan across the town to the Simpsons' home. He's in every version of that. Yeah. But I guess yeah. they had big plans for Wendell. But it's fun to, uh, we've been doing this show for a long time now, and it's fun to just look at the classrooms uh, of Bart and Lisa, looking at all the students. Like, they are in every scene of these classrooms. Mm-hmm. They never talk. They've been there for 30 years. And they're all, like, these funky season one designs. Like, the girl <laughs> with the beret. Oh, yeah. They the, all have, like, little cool mac-
1: glasses girl. Yeah.
0: Some have, like, the little macarating dot eyes, like mm-hmm. Milhouse. Uh, like yes. the Akbar and Jeff kind of eyes.
1: I wonder if they got so specific with Wendell and Lewis because when they were picking which characters would be on the island, they thought, well, we need two more spots here. Who should they be? Uh, do we have any other named characters after Sherry and Terry? We can't think of any. I want to say Richard and
0: Lewis because it's a black character and a white character. They're like the Lenny and Carl of the <laughs> child <are>. Simpsons world. <laughs> there has to be an episode uh, they've done after this that explores like who these season one nobodies are. I wish they would do that if they haven't.
4: I just learned on the Simpsons, since wiki that lewis's last name is
0: clark oh Oh, cute i get it cute i want an episode with lewis wendell richard and Janie, and nobody else (laughs) just them yeah and uh who is the girl who had the uh the broken spider-man doll oh clovis uh hortense
1: hortense (laughs) or something like
4: that wow Right. classic names of, of young people yeah
1: <laughs> so after the dumping on season one characters they uh, all get pulled out of the bus uh, in a very like proto-titanic scrape across the side of it that then everybody flies out of and that's when there's the bus backing up underwater which uh, they're very clever and this is another moment of Milhouse being useless. He's like, he, he's not even saying he can't swim. It's just that he thinks he has swimmer's ear. And so then Bart saves him again. Like he's he, There's so many times he'd be dead if it wasn't for somebody else. And he is completely thankless and selfish in all of it. He has a massive load in this <laughs> <Yes>. entire episode. <laughs> so when they land on the island, it was only... So again, I said I never read or watched the uh, film version of... Lord of the Flies, and it didn't hit me when the kids landed on the island, but when Bart picked up the conch cell, that's when I was like,
0: yeah. ah, there we go. I think it was basically advertised as a Lord of the Flies parody. Oh, okay. I, I think I knew that going into it, or at least like reading the episode previews, but I think they were upfront like, in this Lord of the Flies parody, comma. Well, Bart does okay. this. I don't recall. Meanwhile, Homer does it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it was like, uh, but it's possible you didn't see. Oh yes, that that's, I don't recall seeing it. Yeah, yeah but yeah. there, pretty much, it was not like a surprise or mm. anything like that.
1: And uh, yeah, this is beat for beat. So much what how it goes in *Lord of the Flies*, starting with the uh, the lead boy Ralph, I believe he is. <laughs> Let me talk to the lead
0: boy. <laughs>
1: he finds a when they are all in chaos on there. He finds a conch shell, blows into it and starts leading, and people recognize him as a leader, except for a tougher, meaner kid named Jack, who is Nelson in this. Mm. Uh, They at first listen and then kind of have two warring tribes until eventually the more violent of the group tears down society and makes it for themselves. But so here we have step one in the story of Lord of the Flies with Bart getting the conch shell. But I, I also like, though, that these kids are in a Lord of the Flies parody, but they... Think they're in a swiss family robinson parody oh yeah yeah <laughs>
3: this is all lisa's fault she started the stupid un club hey martin seconded the motion it's entirely his fault people people let's not blame each other we all know this is millhouse's fault huh? yeah you and your stupid What's everyone's problem? I'm glad we're stranded. It'll be just like the Swiss family Robinson, only with more cursing. We're gonna live like kings. Damn hell-ass kings!
1: I so, love Damn Hell Ass Kings.
4: Damn, damn Hell Ass Kings has uh, stuck with me for years. Me it's too. one of those quotes that I don't really remember what it's from. It just pops in my head. So it was nice to remember that it was this episode.
0: I like using Damn Hell Ass as a, to precede another word. <laughs> um, yeah, Swiss Family Robinson, I think uh, no one knows what that is anymore. In fact, when you go to Disneyland, it used to be the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse, sort of like the little play area, but now it's Tarzan. But I think even that's oh. on the way out. It's going to be like the Moana jungle uh, adventure or something like that. <laughs>
4: Disney... I remember being really annoyed when it stopped being Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse, even though I have no connection to that at all.
1: <laughs> was that like a sixties Disney? I, I
4: was a purist. I wanted it to stay what it was.
1: Oh yeah, as a kid, I know I. I knew the name as a purist yeah I like that but as a kid I had no love for Swiss Family Robinson it was like one of the a live action Disney movie was boredom to me like I never wanted to if if it was like I was a daycare or whatever and the minder said we're gonna watch a Disney movie a live action Disney movie like my (laughs) uh, my interest cratered at the second for that
0: oh yeah they were so long and dreary I don't know why they were were just like uh, again I felt on ennui as a kid like just having to watch those
1: i did like mary poppins but as a little kid it still was a countdown to like when are they gonna get to the penguin factory you're not a fan of the apple dumpling gang <laughs> no <laughs>
4: but i realized that my my reference point for swiss family robinson is lost in space based on swiss family robinson
0: that's right yeah I... so lost in space is like an adaptation or a like a, a spin on that
4: it's yeah i mean they're, they're the robinsons and they're, oh they're i'm in stupid space instead of being <laughs> you know on an island
0: Mm. I forgot yeah Danger Will Robinson duh okay yeah. <laughs> very very obvious
1: it, I don't think I made that connection until I saw the uh, the Matt LeBlanc film version of I've only the, seen the Prestige TV an version of oh. the film <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it is a child's idea of what getting trapped on an island is because you just imagine wouldn't it be cool to have all these like Pee-wee Herman uh, breakfast machine type th- deals are on an island. You just you—it's what you draw on construction paper when your parents give it to you uh, to like imagine your perfect hideout fort for as a child. When you're ten, you can draw that, but you don't think about how do you build that yeah that, there's like, some good comedy there like
0: building a Nintendo is a yeah. joke later <laughs> I think that was like in every stand-up comics uh, bit in the late 80s early 90s like he builds a, a radio out of coconuts oh like, yes yeah, yeah yeah when there's a the mention of monkey butlers
4: I like that that Lisa like is also excited about that even though she should very much she should know better than <laughs> so that they will actually have monkey butlers I love that she goes along with it and is, and is like you know excited like a kid would be about the idea of a monkey butler
1: <laughs> uh yeah you know i did i it's a little while later before lisa becomes a force of order on the island and uh, it feels like she should do that earlier, just to be consistent with her character. My excuse for that is that she's just so traumatized by <laughs> what happened. She she needs a mi- a little while to
0: clear her head. She swept up in monkey butler fever. <laughs> so exciting! Think about it. But as a
1: vegetarian, though, she shouldn't want to enslave monkeys. Mm. So. As long as you're not eating them, I guess. <laughs> she likes ponies. She's a hypocrite. She then you know what? Yeah. yeah, she rides those ponies. Just because you don't eat them doesn't mean you're treating those ponies well. Uh, but yes, as Bart presents the imaginations to them, they they they. The whole group gets together
3: And every night The monkey butlers will regale us with jungle
1: stories
3: (laughs) How many monkey butlers will there be? One at first, but he'll train others Cool Good, let's get to work Me and Nelson will build a tree house Martin, draw up plans for a coconut radio And if possible, a coconut Nintendo system (laughs) What about the rest of us? You guys gather food for the big feast tonight And maybe a little wine for the older kids Delicious wine? Exactly.
0: That's another joke I use a lot yeah. from this episode, where it's like, "Do you want to go
1: out for ramen? Delicious ramen." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's there are a lot of great lines in this one. I don't. Maybe I'm being too harsh to it. I I dislike it more as what it represents. There's a lot of funny lines in this, though. Pedantic me as a, in '98 also didn't like that it was. Look, I love my Nintendo system even in 1998, but kids had moved on to PlayStation, and I feel like. Uh, a 1998 Bart wants a coconut PlayStation, not what a coconut he Nintendo. If wanted a Nintendo
0: 64,
1: mm, well, he oh. should have said that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we are we are like a few months. or actually, we're about like uh, nine or eight months from Ocarina of Time. Well, that's he true. He wants to build that coconut Nintendo before that comes out. Uh,
1: but, I
4: was always loyal to Nintendo. I would have I would have gone from the Nintendo even oh, at that time.
1: Oh, I was too. Hey, you're talking to Mr. Mario fanboy here. Yeah. I I would have but I now I feel like Bart Bart of 1998. He wants a PlayStation. No, the next season they finally would have a PlayStation, not a Nintendo joke with mm. the Crash Bandicoot uh, gag of the game. Lisa oh, plays. Lisa a lot. gets an A. So
0: good. Yeah, can't wait for that one.
1: See, there's still good episodes in ten. Well, listeners, stick with us. You're still going to enjoy it. Uh, yes, Nelson's qual- qualification of delicious wine is pretty good. I, I still, you know. I'm not, I as I get older, I like wine a little bit more. I went from, in my 20s, simply hating wine to now it's like, well, if you give me free wine, I'll drink it, fine. But I, I still don't love
0: it. Going to Catholic school broke me into the world of wine as an mm, early age. As, get as. those kids nice and drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to take that joke uh-huh. uh, line I've said before
0: here. It was non-alcoholic wine they gave us in, okay. in uh, mass. I, I have to assume. I mean, it was mostly backwash from old people. <laughs> Ugh,
4: yuck. But uh, it was
0: blessed by God.
4: I drank a lot of wine at Temple when I was a kid, hmm. and they would put it in little in those little cups, like when you like medicine cups.
1: Uh, I see.
4: Come with your tap or whatever. And you, uh, you know, drink little, little wine that was mostly grape juice.
1: I prefer
0: that to just the communal disgusting uh, chalice. And then it's like you had the choice to have the priest literally put the thing on your tongue or in your hands. It's like, just stick it in my mouth. (laughs) Jesus. I guess these people just needed physical contact. The ones, Uh. the mouth people I worried about. Like,
1: (laughs) Louis, was your wine as sweet as Mo said about Jewish wine?
4: Yeah, no, it was made of Shevitz. So it's, Mm. it's really just kind of grape juice that's been left out for quite a while
1: well that's why again i'm a real uh sweet tooth when it comes to alcohol i don't i prefer cider to beer hard liquor has to be mixed with something if i really want to enjoy it and rosé is my favorite of the wines because it's uh it's the, it's a nice in between on sweetness and lightness
4: and you're owning your basic bitch
0: status as i am
4: rosé drinker i which just is like great. alcohol tastes <laughs> like wet
0: fire and uh Burning. <laughs> I, I, I like things the table burning. burning, like Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another
4: line that I quote constantly. This this episode is full of quotable lines. Whether yeah. or not you think it's plausible.
1: You're right. You're... Uh well, before we get to that though, we have another another act in Homer's internet business.
2: Oh, what am I gonna call my internet company? All the good names are taken. wait, I've got it. Flancrest Enterprises. <laughs>
3: What exactly is it your company does again? Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, this industry moves so fast, it's really hard to tell. That's why <laughs> I need a name that's cutting edge like Cutco, or Edgecom, InterSlice. Mm-hmm. Come on, Merge, you're good at these. Help me out.
3: How about CompuGlobal HyperMegaNet?
2: Fine, it's not important. What really matters is my title. I think I'll make myself vice president. No, wait, junior vice president. Computer Global Hypermeganet. Junior Vice President Homer Simpson speaking. How oh, may I direct your call? Spatty,
1: Spatty. Uh,
0: I like the uh, the jokes about tech company names of the '90s, but now they are all. You're right, Henry. You were talking about this earlier. They're all four letters, like Hulu, yeah. Verve, Lyft, <laughs> Uber. They're all like very simple, or they're. Their existing words with like vowels carved out of them, like mm-hmm. no too many vowels, too complicated.
1: That's uh, apparently what the, um, the consultants you pay millions of dollars to come up with now. Just like we got a four letter combinations, whatever we can do, like that's what sticks in people's memories for apps now. So we as humans never
0: learn any lessons, and this <laughs> episode is super prescient because I moved to the Bay Area where I live now to work for a website and after about three times this happened to me I realized like all the websites I worked at were basically waiting to be bought out so you couldn't do anything you couldn't make anything there were no opportunities it was just Mm -hmm. like treading water until you were bought out of course the people at the bottom didn't know that Mm -hmm. they were told no just keep making stuff keep doing stuff but by the third time I was like wait a minute you're waiting to get bought out this is why we can't do anything Uh, so yeah I, uh, I totally like this I thought was hilarious like Homer company, has no purpose, his job title is meaningless, and his only goal is to be bought out by Microsoft.
6: Yes, And that is yeah. like
0: every every company in the Bay Area is waiting to be bought out by Google or Amazon mm-hmm. or something Facebook? like that. Facebook? Facebook too, yeah. yeah.
1: No, I, uh, I worked with you at that third one, and that was also when it finally hit me too, that like I... My mistake as uh, as an internet writer of things and content creator, as I have the term, was that I thought that in my websites, my job was to make the best website I could and get more views on things and make good content. And and I would negotiate things with, like, plans or talk about plans with my bosses on the auspice of, like... Well, what we all want is for all of us to make popular content that then gets more views and thus makes more money, right? We all agree on this. And my mistake was not realizing that nobody above a certain pay grade cared about that. They cared about being bought by somebody bigger or that venture capitalists would give them some VC money. One of those two things would happen. And I, that, that's what internet business really exists for. That's that's the secret as I see it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I went through a lot of like emotional distress yeah. as I felt like my I wasn't succeeding at my job. When I realize now I wasn't succeeding because I was doing the a different job than everyone else was doing there. <sighs> but, Lewis, I'm sure you have no experience with Internet <laughs> uh, work of this kind.
4: No, I just I, – I, I've never worked for the Internet. And if I have, i re- repressed it. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean the f- the first uh, like, job. Oh, sorry, Louis. No, I,
4: I'm I'm good. I'm just working okay. through trauma. Oh, uh, we all are.
0: We all are. I mean, the first job I worked at, I got hired at a website just as they were bought out, mm. and the lie that we were told was like, "Oh, this means more resources for you and a higher profile for you, and you know, access to all of these people that can help you." But really, it was just like, "No, we're gonna slim you down. We are only buying you to increase our profile mm-hmm. and our portfolio and to increase our hits to sell to another company." And they eventually did, yeah. and then they shut our website down. <laughs> own. But uh, yeah. that's why I'm really happy to work for ourselves on Patreon. People mm-hmm. think, is it like, is it, isn't it weird to work for yourself? Like, how do you do that? This is the realest job I've ever had. <laughs> this is the only job that I feel that is real and that my work actually pays off. I'm not just making stuff that I don't own mm-hmm. to be sold
1: to and erased after you're gone. Yeah, exactly. And, also, and your, your name erased your yeah.
0: content erased, etc. Yeah, we're and, all
1: we're all very traumatized here. And, and yeah, you're working for an obvious reason that is directly stated, not a clandestine reason that. Technically, you can't say out loud because then why do anything? Like if our bosses actually did say to us, you guys are babysitting this website until I can sell it to somebody richer than me, then who does anything? Why would you make anything then? So... I guess if looking at it from the position of the robber barons of the internet, I understand why you don't tell your serfs that they're working towards nothing. But if I, every time I see people talk about how like depressed they are working on something or they're like, Oh, my job is unfulfilling. I sometimes think like, could it just be that your job like hates you and is lying to you and you're working towards nothing. And that's why you're so unfulfilled. And it's not this, un uh, this hard to define strain of depression going around. this is the feelings this episode awakens in me again it reminds me of yes
4: I didn't realize we'd be spiraling so much about this I was worried about being (laughs) triggered by the Lord of the Fly stuff but but now we're just a whole different area of
1: horrors (laughs) I'm sorry I'm sorry
0: no no I I can't help but think of our own lives when we uh, see this like fake internet company that Homer's working at at least he's not hiring interns or whatever there'd be a joke about that like if they made this episode 15 years later Mm -hmm. Homer having unpaid interns
1: no it's just so depressing how little it changes of just like I don't know. And that, I guess the only difference here is that, like, uh, you know what? I'll talk about this when we get to Bill Gates in this episode. Yeah. That, that what feels different from now to then. Yeah. It's really, I feel so much more better now making my own content on the internet. It's, uh, though. Okay. So also in this scene, I felt like Homer being shitty with Marge's suggestions was like an in joke about the writer's room. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just is like, say, hey, you can come up with an idea. Okay. Here's a suggestion. Nah, it's fine. Whatever. Like, yeah. You completely, I, that does drive me crazy in when I was a writer in an office around other writers and some writer would say like hey could you help me with this like uh, how about this headline or this one or this one like no it's well never mind i'm like well fuck you like you're you asked me for suggestions and you shit on my ideas but you have nothing else like that that drove me crazy and then homer gives himself a junior vice president yeah no wait no wait
0: junior vice president
1: (laughs) (laughs) we go back to the island after a few hours the children have learned that uh, they would all die like they they have nothing i certainly would have died on an island like this uh but here we have another iconic ralphism in this episode that's
3: it? What happened to all the lobsters, mangoes, and chewy, chewy cocoa beans? All we found were these oozing berries, and they look pretty poisonous. I <laughs> ate the purple berries. Ow. Oh. Ah. How are they, Ralph? Good? <laughs> they taste like burning. Okay, food patrol blew it. Yeah, well, your treehouse looks kind of crummy, too. Kind of really crummy. <laughs> well, when monsoon season comes, you'll be glad it's there. <sighs> Uh-oh. no food, no shelter, no monkey butlers. This island is a death
0: hole. <laughs> a death hole. Yeah, I love the reading Nancy does. on um, ber- yeah i say that whenever i eat spicy food i mean god i quote this i quote like this episode more than most other episodes i feel now yeah yeah when you take it apart piece by piece yeah just like there's so many quotable things
4: this just reminds me that when i was a kid i was very bothered by how delicious poison berries looked Mm, they shouldn't look like they shouldn't look that good if they're gonna be poison it doesn't seem fair (laughs) i'm not i'm still mad about it
0: well henry you reminded me of this during our second josh weinstein interview on the patreon
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: Patreon.com Talking Simpsons We talked to Josh Weinstein About the immortal Writer's office And the antics That happened there Because they had No smartphones So they would often Overeat Or poison themselves For fun <laughs> yeah. And I believe At one point They dared uh, Steve Tompkins One of the writers To eat the berries Growing on this bush Outside of the office And he had to go home <laughs> yeah. Because it made him Very sick <laughs> So I feel like They're referencing this Because a lot of those Writers were around During that time I, I feel like I think so yeah, too Yeah. To, uh, <laughs> thankfully Steve lived To tell the tale <laughs>
1: so Steve is more creative than ralph so i bet he didn't just say it tastes like burning i he's, he's a real harvard man <laughs> i love the pause before burning because you think he's just gonna say it tastes like fire and so when he says burning that's just an extra level of stupidity too. he it. did say i eat it oh yes i eat he's very proud of himself for eating the purple berries i also really do like the that bart is still very hopeful like any good? Like, he's, he's in so much pain. After
0: Ralph uh, moans for a long time.
1: <laughs> and I like the statement of kind of really crummy. That's another good one, too. Though the Monsoon season one is such obvious ADR, it's kind of weak.
0: Yeah. But Otto is now a slave to the Chinese. Yeah.
1: Was this them trying to write him out of the show? Or oh uh, No,
0: I just think it's like, well, now Otto cannot possibly... I just have a, a terrible fate happen to Otto. Is yes, funny. Yeah. It's like, who cares about Otto?
1: <laughs> and uh, as they mentioned on the commentary, they pulled in real uh speakers of Chinese to do this scene. I'm glad, yeah. Uh and that they originally wrote it to be Mandarin. They're like, okay, say this in Mandarin. And the as they say on the commentary, the actors said, well, fishermen would really speak in the Cantonese dialect. So they do it in Cantonese uh, in this scene.
0: I'm glad they listened to them instead of being yeah. like, we're from Harvard. Yeah. Or showrunners. Don't listen to him.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. But yes, uh, Otto is into slavery now from now on working on a fishing boat. Meanwhile, the kids are getting pretty hungry. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Another line I use. Yes.
3: There's no monster, you big scaredy. Scaredy got scared. Well, you'd be scared too if you saw a monster. No. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Unlikely. Likely. Knock it off. We gotta find a way to light a fire. No problem. We can use Scaredy's glasses. Hey, what's he doing? What's that sound? <laughs> there you go. Good as new. What's good as new? <laughs> Who's talking? <laughs> I'm so hungry I could eat at Arby's. Oh my God. She is really
6: hungry.
3: <laughs> it's the <a> monster! <gasps> no, it's not. It's my tummy. I mean, stomach, gut, crap factory. Wait a minute. We had a cooler full of snacks on the bus. Hey, yeah. And I think I know how I can get it. Hey, I need
0: that to live. <laughs> God, yeah, I love the joke where you think uh, they're going to use Millhouse's glasses to focus the sun instead of yes. it's like hit against a flint.
1: <laughs> I love that. But
0: uh, I, the Arby's thing, like, Bill, uh, let's uh, talk about Arby's. Uh, you can explain it. Bill Oakley uh, talked about the the dislike of Arby's at this period because we had the previous joke.
1: Let Arby's worry about yes. it. like throwing yeah. the rat over the wall. <laughs> no uh, was he had? Oh uh, no, it was a dead possum. Oh, it dead was. possum, right? Uh, but yeah, it was the Bill Bill Oakley uh, noted Instagram food reviewer and also Simpsons executive and create a mission mission hill who cares yeah yeah but uh, we love mission (laughs) hill no and we love bill but uh he worked on seven and eight they're consulting producers on nine, but they didn't really write for this so i'm not bill oakley didn't write this joke he did he did oversee their previous arby's joke bill is of the opinion that Arby's is good fast food. I I wouldn't say no to it if people said let's go to Arby's. I'd have it. I like their spiral cut fries, and if you're looking for something that isn't a burger, like it's beef and cheddar, is good. Uh, but it's not the king of fast food. It's not that great. But Bill Oakley has the opinion, and I I, I really agree with it that it's not that Arby's sucks. It's that it is a funny comedy word of two syllables, Arby's. Yeah. It's funnier to say if she said, I'm so hungry I could eat at KFC or I'm so hungry I could eat at McDonald's or whatever. It's too many syllables. Doesn't have the same hit or even if like Burger King, yeah. Dairy Queen.
4: But also like the places you're mentioning, those there are people who love those places that, that that's their favorite fast food. I don't think anyone's favorite fast food is Arby's.
1: That's, yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't think it is any. No
4: one's first favorite.
1: choice. No, yeah. I
0: grew up in a real Arby's town. In fact, uh, I grew up near the first Arby's, now closed in Boardman, Ohio. Mm. Oh, but Arby's started in Ohio. Wow. The logo's a giant cowboy hat. What's up with that? <laughs> really but still in
1: cowboy valor there.
0: I ate a ton of Arby's, so when I watched this, I was like, what, Arby's is bad? <laughs> I ate so much Arby's. There was an Arby's like three blocks from my house, so I think I shaved a good five years off of my life with all the salt that I put oh, in my body yeah. at that time, like all the salty, salty <laughs> sandwiches, man. They were good, though, when I ate meat. They were really good.
1: Uh, well, if I may tell a disgusting story some listeners may have heard before.
0: I know this story, but uh, uh, yeah.
1: My, uh, in, in stupid high school years, my stupid high school friends and I gave each other challenges, not unlike Steve Topkins in that writer's room. I, one time on a dare, ate five RB sandwiches, and then they upped it to ten, and they're like, you couldn't eat ten. And I thought, I'll show all of you guys. So we didn't just buy 10. We went to an Arby's and ordered 10, and I ate it at the Arby's. I got to nine and a half. and this we were simply just roast beef. Roast beef, regular-sized roast beef sandwiches, no cheddar, no fries. I get to nine and a half, and everybody's like, you're so close. I was like, I simply cannot eat anymore. You also weren't <laughs> allowed to go to the bathroom. Oh, you have official rules. Yes, yeah. Well, was there some sort of cash prize at stake, or just uh, like on? it was it for was honor. honor? It was for honor. Okay. And, And at nine and a half, I was like, I simply can't eat anymore. And I think uh, we—I made it to the parking lot. We drove out of the parking lot, and I said, "Park right now, park right now." So we parked right across the street from the Arby's, uh, and uh, I expelled a lot of things at that point. Uh, So don't eat ten Arby's, kids. Stop at eight. (laughs) Stop at eight. Yeah, and that's perfectly satisfying. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Did you
0: never eat at Arby's again?
1: Oh, no. I mean, I definitely ate at it less, but (laughs) I won't say I never had a roast beef sandwich ever again. Uh, So, see, that's a testament to how good it is. (laughs) Uh, But, okay, the glasses thing, too, as a glasses wearer, I did not like all these mean things about glasses wearers here. But the uh, I always fear scratching my glasses. It's a it's a terrifying thought. Mm. But the um, but that is what happens in the book. They actually do use his glasses in the joke. Uh, the way they joke, they're about to hear of using glasses to light the fire, and that's why Piggy gets to live for so long is because he has the glasses. He's
0: the wearer of the glasses. Yeah, Yeah. so in this scene, I've used the Arby's line a lot in my own life. I'm very annoying, by the way. I also have used (laughs) the Crap Factory quite a few times. Like, my Crap Factory is growling. Oh,
1: God. I've never used that one. It's a horrible turn of phrase.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I love that he's just trying to win Nelson's favor. Just like, uh, stomach, guts, Crap Factory.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. I I like... Uh, the, you can read it on Nelson's face. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, "What's tough enough for this? Mm, guts isn't even tough enough. You need to make something up." Like he's Nelson doesn't. He more rules through implied fear than actually like totalitarianism of how the other the his equivalent in Lord of the Flies. does. Yeah, it. and I mean previously we were talking about pedantry
0: uh, and how we're mm-hmm. giant pedants and we're even worse as teenagers. The one thing that did annoy me about this. Uh, episode was Bart using the asthma inhaler to go underwater. As a scuba because, device, yeah. Uh, as a sister, I grew up with a sister who had asthma. There's not oxygen in that. It's medicine <laughs> that is just sprayed into your lungs. You're not breathing in, all- like, I think, I mean, it's yeah. ve- the joke is it's very silly, but it's mm. also, uh, no one on this staff clearly had asthma. Mm. And I think,
4: was, was this not in, I can't, I can't remember, maybe I'm just thinking about this episode, but I, I like recall something else from my childhood involving someone breathing underwater with an inhaler.
1: Hmm. You know, the it clo-
4: would just be this.
1: Yeah, I, the closest I can remember is that, like in the Batman animated series, he when he'd go underwater, he'd have a similar little thing in his mouth. Yeah, and it implied like, well, it's a look, it's a Batman scuba mouthpiece. Like you just accept that Batman would have that technology. It was more believable when Batman did it as opposed to Bart having a off-the-shelf medical inhaler that somehow is a scuba device. I mean. just do a scene where Bart holds his breath underwater, you know? Like, he could... That, that it's fine. You know, it's, it's a weird, uh, almost like kind of two kitty moment there that especially when I, what I don't like about it is that this is playing out how realistically the kids have their imagination of what being on an Island is. Now we have the realism of them starving to death and they can't build anything, but then they bring in a fantastical element of Bart using an inhaler to breathe underwater. And so it's like, you're losing the, if the jokes hang on reality, Yeah, you are losing the reality that you are, uh, it necessitates jokes. It's a real Looney Tunes scene with how the puffer fish bites his
0: ass
4: with like the big cartoony sound effect. Yeah. I I do. I do really hate that moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's one thing to bite his butt, which is already like a very cartoony moment, but uh, maybe when they saw it come back that way, they're like, Well, there's no way to make this look less cartoony. Let's just lean into it and have a big Hanna-Barbera chomp on it. It's a very
0: good-looking scene, I'll say that. And I like the Mm -hmm. touch about how the bus is immediately occupied by every deadly sea animal (laughs) just inside the bus. That was good. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Though also the animation on Bart and the tint of it, Bart swimming underwater, it really reminded me of the Bart's Bath Time short from the original Ullman
0: shorts. Oh, it's a great-looking short.
1: And uh, yeah, Bart... Comes back up. He's got all the food, and the kids uh, skip the veg, uh, skip the fruit, and just start eating the garbage and very wastefully as well.
3: Mm -hmm. We may have to live on this food for a long time, so no more until tomorrow. But I'm hungry now. Yeah, Yeah, me too. too. Yeah. Who put the Duchess of Dork in charge? (laughs) No one, but if we're going to survive, we need rules and order. Let's not forget what we learned in the UN club. (laughs) Not now, Martin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Martin is lucky that Milhouse is there to be picked on. Yeah, you know what? It's so, he's so easily the piggy that, uh, but Milhouse is just so unlikable in this. I think that's why people aren't scapegoating Martin as much. That's how it is. I know as a picked on kid in school, if you're in a class with a more visible target, you in a very cowardly shitty way you have you you can slink back and allow them to take all the brunt of it i also again i really hate milhouse like he's it's a very believable shitty selfish kid thing to say but I'm hungry now.
0: Yeah, I mean Bart has been in a starvation situation before in the Boy Scouts in the Hood. Oh yeah, yeah. Little bites.
1: He should have more experience. He'd be like, you know, when the time I was trapped in the on the ocean with my father and Ned, uh, I we learned to do this. Uh, but uh, they can't remember that right now. No. <laughs> this is when Lisa though finally wakes up and becomes a, a force of order in the world and. Yeah, not not really helped by Martin's dancing, but it was cute to see the dancing resume. The moments they bring back up the UN club, that is very funny to me. They all rest, they leave the food alone, and they come to have a shocking discovery the next morning.
3: I'm so hungry I can puke. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Where'd all the food go? Morning. Is it time to eat? Looks like you already did. <laughs> what are you talking about? You ate our food. Thanks a lot, Millhouse. Now we're all gonna die because of you. But I swear I didn't do it. <sighs> nacho cheese. Get him!
1: He still ate some of the food. Yeah. this he did con- eat some of the food. This confirms that bag of Doritos he admits to eating later, that nacho cheese is the smell of it. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, that's again, fuck Millhouse. Like he, he is lying to them. I, it, I am with Nelson. On, I never thought I'd take Nelson's side in Millhouse versus I mean, Nelson on these look things. Look who raised Millhouse. Did Milhouse,
4: Milhouse deserve to die based on him? no? Eating the food no. Wait, what, where's the line here?
1: I'd withhold food from him for a while and keep him in that bamboo cage. I'd, I'd keep him there. I wouldn't kill him. Certainly mm-hmm. not. No, none of. I, but I'm against the death penalty in all cases. Really. uh yeah but the the millhouse like so just lies i mean though if i was millhouse that situation i would lie immediately and say no i swear i didn't do that no nelson looks really scary when he's poking him with that stick too it's like he's you're starting to see him as the avatar of death he becomes (laughs) in this uh third act here and uh yeah when they come back from the commercial break society is falling apart on the island uh as much as lisa tries to instill it
3: have the glasses Yoink! <laughs> now that you've got everything you need I'll just you know get out of your hair not so fast two eyes come on let's slice him open and get our food back wait <laughs> we're not savages we live in a society of law millhouse has the right to a fair trial
0: Society blows. Society blows. I'm with him on society blows. That's the only way to, uh, I guess, uh, have a rebuttal to that statement. We live in yeah. society. Society blows.
4: <laughs> it's not, it's not a, it's not a wrong rebuttal. True, true. Yeah. It's
1: like, if this is society,
0: yeah. then it sucks.
4: Points were made. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a nice little yoink moment there. And then Milas kind of transforms into Woody Allen, which is like, oh, well, I like, oh, yeah. I'll just be on my way. And uh, the very cartoony gag that Nelson apparates behind him. After. I do like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. And, uh, but that is what happens in the book too in Lord of the Flies. They relieve Piggy of his glasses. They're like, why are we respecting your right to keep your glasses? This is a resource for us. And they just take it. And yeah, Lisa, yes, we live in a society. She brings up that, that exact uh, thing. I mean, she's doing it to prevent the rest of the group from murdering another child, which I, I Lisa is correct in doing that. And uh, then we get uh, a real callback to the days of internet pornography. <laughs>
2: Captain Janeway. (laughs) Lace, the final brassier. Oh, hurry up, I'm a busy man. (laughs) This high speed modem is intolerably slow. Hey, what the? Huh, the internet king. I wonder if he can provide faster nudity.
6: <laughs> Welcome
2: to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? I'm interested in upgrading my 28.8 kilobaud internet connection to a 1.5 megabit fiber optic T1 line. Will you be able to provide an IP router that's compatible with my token ring Ethernet LAN configuration? Can I have some money now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know what all those terms mean. I do too, yeah. now. Used to be at, one, at one point, this
4: definitely would have been super baffling to me and now I'm like I don't know that much about anything but I do recognize all those words
0: it's really great Foley <laughs> in his little so we have yeah. come so far and it's really great Foley in his uh, little uh, masturbation room there oh, where yeah. you can hear the computer
1: fan you can also hear like the hard drive crunching like old <laughs> hard drives used to do <laughs> Dan Grady in an interview talked about how comic book guy the Mike Scully years really came to represent their fans and uh, their internet fans uh, specifically and uh, them imagining him as just this like a very busy waiting for pornography to load as they drink soda. Yeah. That's that's uh, a pretty harsh call out there but also not untrue. Like this was this was me in 1998 wait as whenever my parents were away uh cuz we I did not have my own personal computer. I had to wait I had to like all right, my parents are away for a couple hours. I, had now F- it's time for the nudity. You had an your family computer or yeah. Famicom, and that's how you kids with your in, incognito Windows. Now you don't know the pain of having to like delete all your history. Of like, you have to budget time in internet viewing for deleting history in the cache.
0: Yeah. The cash, they should just be up front with incognito mode. It's got like a cute little detective on it and stuff. Just like make it porn mode. Come on, we all know. We all
1: know it's the brown bag of the internet. Of just like <laughs> you don't know, there's liquor in this bag. Very accurately captures the waiting for. A naked picture of someone to load, or or dirtier than that. Yeah, th- what he's looking at too then really reminds me of the age of uh, fake nudes of celebrities too back then. Yes, oh yeah, that was a
4: huge industry.
1: <laughs> and you still get, you know, you still find them in whenever I do searches for just like celebrity name and uh, just to get a picture, you'll still find some fake nudes in there on like a Google Image Safe search off. And I'm just like, why are you guys still bothering with this? And how can they still be this fake? Get better at. It. i remember going for real
0: celebrity nudes to uh, mr skin Ah, yes still in operation he, he's still
1: around i heard him uh maybe a
0: year or two ago on gilbert gottfried's podcast he interviewed mr skin he's still doing <laughs> it i guess he makes money off of that does so. he
1: feel guilty for opening that pandora's box? Uh,
0: i don't know we all owe him though if he
1: hadn't done it done someone else would have for sure yeah and these days nudity is so fast we take it for granted yeah. like i get mad if a streaming clip doesn't immediately <laughs> load i'm like Why? come on, what's going on here? Like, that's... Back then, oh, the, like, (laughs) video footage on the Internet of Porn? In 1998, that was just a pipe dream. I'm horny now. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, enough (laughs) about pornography. Sorry. (laughs) But also, yes, the, the... a bad pop-up while looking at pornography was also a frustration that many of us felt then, too. I
0: was naive enough, again, to believe that we were beyond the era of pop-ups at one point. (laughs) Yes,
1: yeah. My internet enjoyment has changed so much since then. Like, I... Even, like, 13 years ago, I had the websites I went to to see if the websites had new content and I would cycle through my bookmarks. Now it really is. I live on Twitter and Twitter will send me to articles I might want to read. That's the only way I, I in, engage with articles now, or podcasts, or any other content. Has your has yours changed much,
4: Louis? Um, I I mean, yeah, no, probably not. Mm. But I don't know.
0: <laughs> All the websites I like just went away, though. So it's like, yeah, I
4: mean, I, I'm trying to think. I, I I really do feel like I I spent so much, so many of those formative years online, and have like blocked out a lot of that. <laughs> probably for totally like mm-hmm. you know mental health related reasons. Yeah. Um, So I can't be super helpful here. It
0: changed changed for me because it used to be like, I will go to a website because I like the writers and I like what they write. I know their personalities and I like, you know, their output. And then when writing became unsustainable as a career, as if it ever really was, I was like, it's easier just to follow the people themselves Mm -hmm. and the many, many sites they write for instead of just depending on one site.
4: Yeah this is this is killing me
0: inside uh, but I, oh, um I'm sorry. <laughs> no
4: it's, it's okay it's okay. I you know I really didn't think about how traumatic this episode would be for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, I mean we are the uh, all,
4: this, like, all these repressed these repressed memories of of my my horrible childhood internet experiences and then like my adult life online. Okay. Um, both bad just in different ways.
0: I mean we are personally benefiting from uh, people following us regardless of the many things we wrote for her, yeah. so and yeah. produce yeah. content for. Her.
4: I as I transition to like you know being a a freelancer online and try to get people to like follow me versus following the site I used to work for, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to make that happen. Uh, It is, you know, it's tough.
1: I, I think you're doing a great job. Everyone should Thank follow so me on Twitter. Everybody should follow
4: me on Twitter. Subscribe to my newsletter. Pay money so you can read my writing.
1: I agree. I agree. Me too. <laughs> Thank you. These jokes uh, are very pre broadband jokes here about internet speeds. Though, uh, when I, I now I think we are where we live, me and Bob in the Bay Area, we. Can't understand that in some parts of America still, there is very slow internet that mm. you can't even like sustainably just stream a Netflix thing in HD, let alone 4K. And uh, we, we kind of take that for granted where we live here. But yeah, so we get back to the island and it's time for a kangaroo court.
3: Court is now in session. All rise. Ah, majorize. <laughs> Your honor, the defense calls its first and only witness, Millhouse Van Houten.
6: Oh, oh, wow. Wow.
3: <laughs> Millhouse, did you steal the food? No, no way. Could anyone else have taken it? Well, I guess you could have. No, House, I am defending you. Oh, sorry. I'm just saying it was either you or the monster. Monster? Oh, please. I remind you we are not here to debate the existence of monsters.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like the audience there. They're yeah. pretty good. They want to talk about monsters. just lied under oath, right? Yeah, he did. <laughs> he, he, he just perjured himself. No, I, and I also love how... They're really just going hard on the unlikability of Millhouse. that he is attacking the only person defending him, the only person that prevented him from dying already. He's like, well, maybe it was you. <laughs> uh, he just has no fucking sense. Though, they, were, they built a really good cage for being so bad at building stuff earlier in the episode. They built a good cage. But still, there's no bottom, so he just picks it up and walks with it. That's very funny. Yeah, yeah I do like that. And Bart just makes himself the ruler. This is not a jury, I yeah. guess, because the jury would all find him guilty. They kind of can't do that. So they just put it up to Bart. And, uh, and yes, then... They call on the uh, the prosecution, which is just Nelson punching Milhouse. I love comes- his
0: like pacing back and forth, Very- and then just running over and punching him over and over, <laughs> and over again. It's really good. It's really well is this done.
4: An, is this an indictment
0: of our broken legal
1: system? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that Nelson seemed just as uh, persuasive as Lisa did there. Though, I think Nelson, he did mess up in his... The evidence is that his breath smelled like nacho cheese. So when Lisa's like, did any of you see this? They're like, well, no. It's like, okay, you have no eyewitness. I... Th- I think the nachos are as close to DNA evidence as you're going to get in this. And he's surrounded by that's evidence. Like, Lisa is... Uh, I think you could beat Lisa in this case without punching Milhouse.
0: Yeah, and there are no toothbrushes on this island. I assume he still smells like nacho cheese. Yeah.
1: Well, on Doritos, have you eaten Doritos and not been covered in shit afterwards? Like, the, the evidence is right there.
0: If you're gonna steal food, I mean, don't steal
4: something that leaves orange powder all over your fingers and <laughs> smell and, you know.
1: Milhouse isn't a very smart thief. No. Or no. smart in any way here. Bart comes to the verdict. I also do like a good I'll allow it joke. That, that's always funny. Though That that tenor of it that I just said is a John Mulaney joke I'm ripping off. Uh, But uh, but anyway, yes, the verdict is in and nobody's happy.
3: (laughs) You liar! You did it, you lying jerk! Take that! You did it! You did it! (laughs) He's not asking any questions! Hmm. I'm gonna allow this. (laughs) Prosecution rests. After careful deliberation, it's my opinion that Milhouse probably did eat the food. But since there's no proof, I must find him not guilty. All right! Oh, oh, man. But he ate our food! The law has spoken. Ah, sucks to the law. Ha!
1: <laughs> wow. Sucks to the law. Yeah, sucks. To, that's a good line too, right there. Society it's just,
0: blows and sucks to the law. Very good points by Nelson. But that's that's you know based
4: on the line from Lord of the Flies that I, that I carry with me always that I have used throughout my life. Sucks to your asthma.
1: <laughs> I did not know that. I guess. Yeah,
4: that is that is the Lord of the Flies pronunciation of asthma. Oh, is
1: asthma. Asthma. asthma asthma. Okay.
4: Sucks to your asthma. <laughs> uh, as a, as a young asthmatic kid is something that I've, uh. I've like. Carried carried with me, so I will always take a sucks to a whatever.
0: <laughs> oh, so it's a direct reference wow, to a line of dialogue. Okay, William no idea. Applies. Yes, William wow.
1: Golding, you've done it again, <laughs> <laughs> boy. Boy, uh, I I also didn't know you you had asthma as a kid, uh, lewis This, is a, course, this yes, is a tough yes. episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> um,
4: I I am um, I I also feel like that Bart's sort of verdict here is is quite evolved. Like I'm I'm actually pretty impressed that he. Not out of loyalty to Millhouse, but like because there's not enough evidence, lets him lets him off.
1: It's a different level of maturity than you expect from Bart. It makes it all the funnier that he turns on it immediately. Like, well, I'm not happy with it either. Like, <laughs> uh, that verdict made me pretty angry. <laughs> yeah. It seems like the real Bart would have just said from the beginning, like, no, I would have found him guilty, even though he. Uh, it's like he was. You know, the, the spirit of order overtook him in that moment then. But now he's, he's completely let it go. <laughs> yeah, and the breaking of the glass is a very major moment in Lord of the Flies. That's when everything falls apart once they break the glasses. Uh, without that context, it's just seen as a very mean thing of like, I don't know why it feels worse. Millhouse was just getting punched in the gut over and over again by Nelson, and that just read his comedy to me. But when glasses are broken, that feels like, ooh, whoa, yeah, hey. that's a little to this, real. you gone too far here, yeah. Yes, uh, it's time for uh, Kill the Dork.
3: Stop! Leave Milhouse alone! Help me out here, Bart. <laughs> I don't know, Lise, To be honest, that verdict made me pretty angry. March with us, law girl. Step aside. Ugh. Hey, man, leave my sister alone. Oh, so you're one of them. <clears throat> so be it. Kill the dorks. Bash their butts. Kick their shins. Kill, Kill the dorks. dorks. Bash, bash their butts. butts. Run up!
0: So what is the chain in Lord of the Flies? Kill
1: the pig. Kill the yeah. pig, right? Yeah. I, uh, I also got, uh, we talked a lot about season one of this. I also got a little season one feeling there of Bart defending Lisa from Nelson, a very ah. similar Bart to the general scene in there. Hey, man, lay off my sister. That's uh, that, so uh, some continuity in character there. That's the only thing that I like when Bart becomes a defender of his little sister. That that spurs him to do more brave things than he normally would do. And uh, yeah, they all run away, and that's when uh, Mil- Nelson says the hunt is on. He starts oh, yeah. spreading the ash on his face, as in the Lord of the Flies as well. Uh, except uh, Ralph paints himself up like the kitty, kitty cat of, ne- of Kiss. Yeah,
4: <laughs> were there were there a lot of episodes before this that were like this specific? In their parodies, like that, that went on for this long, Cape
1: Fear, one hundred percent, yeah, of course, uh, and a couple others, but yeah. So this, I, I think they gave them permission to go this far with direct, yeah, uh, parody for this long. I, it's
4: such a, it's such a drawn out parody.
0: I mean, yeah, it really, yeah. as you said, it really, you know, the bulk of the episode, Cape Fear, and things like Sherry Bobbins and oh, Sherry Bobbins, yeah. yeah.
1: It's every actually this is closer than Cherry Bobbins because they don't watch as much television in it, and the episode doesn't end in Act Two (laughs) either. I will give them like they gave you three acts of a story of the kids here. Before we get to the uh, the conclusion on the island, we get one last scene here. Uh, I like this. So the four dummies brand is still alive and well today. Yeah, yes, surprisingly so. And uh, though I never bought any of those books as a kid, the uh, the f- four dummies, it, most of them were like internet. They're four calling dummies. you
0: stupid. <laughs> now there's everything for dummies. There's like Fortnite for dummies, and uh, they they make everything for dummies. But yeah, it must be an app now too, right? I'm sure it is.
1: <laughs> Wasn't
4: there also the uh, For Idiot series? Was that like a competitor, or was that a spinoff?
1: Oh, it was like mm.
0: the Complete Idiots Guide to Blank.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, they were really insulting to all of us. These guys here. <laughs> I'm they were, surprised they, they didn't were, use yeah, the. Yeah, uh, was,
4: they, were, they just wanted us to, you know, buy their books and feel
0: feel dumb doing it. It, it was <laughs> the '90s. I'm glad they didn't go beyond idiot or dummies to <laughs> other offensive yeah. words. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's also it's, true. Yeah, yeah kind of close. <laughs> Bill Gates shows up. He's actually the only thing that would change today, not that Microsoft doesn't also buy companies, but now it's it's Mark Zuckerberg, it's Elon Musk, it's uh, Peter Thiel, all the, all the fun guys, all the yeah. best guys. Yeah, Jeff Bezos. And
0: don't believe Bill Gates' propaganda that Bill Gates is a cool, rich person. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not one of the good, rich people. There <laughs> are no good, rich people. Yes,
1: I agree. There's no, there's no ethical billionaires on this podcast. You actually listen to Friends of the Show, Citations Needed, Yeah, did a very great podcast about... Uh, breaking down the myth of bill gates like what uh, is his charity oh okay wow (laughs) there's he said he was giving away all of his money and he's only richer now than he was 10 years ago look up what a foundation is and what that does (laughs) but 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 yeah also bill gates is not alone in this every company does this exact thing when they buy another uh internet brand the only people who get rich are the guys who own the company not the peons who built it and then they Literally destroy it, and also there's definitely the feeling of the executives I've met in the internet industry that you don't get rich r- paying people. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah. not how you get rich. You uh, it seems weird to you me now, uh, or it felt weird to me as a kid of like, no, you pay people and then they make good things and you get rich from that. Like, but wouldn't you get richer faster if you didn't pay people? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, anyway, Homer gets bought out.
2: I love this. Well, they have the internet on computers now. Okay. Homer, Bill Gates is here. Bill Gates. Billionaire computer nerd Bill Gates. Oh my god. Oh my god. Get out of sight Marge I don't want this to look like a two-bit operation (laughs) Mr. Simpson you don't look so rich. Don't let the haircut fool you, I'm exceedingly wealthy. Get a load of the ball job, Marge.
0: Your internet ad was brought to my attention, but I can't figure out what, if anything, Global HyperMegaNet does. So rather than risk competing with you, I've decided simply to buy you out.
2: This is it, Marge. I poured my heart and soul into this business, and now it's finally paying off. We're rich, richer than astronauts. <laughs> Homer, quiet. You'll queer the deal. Oh, right. I reluctantly accept your proposal. Well, everyone always does. Buy them out, boys!
6: <laughs>
2: hey, what the hell's going on? Oh, I didn't get rich by writing a lot of
6: checks. <laughs>
0: I enjoy the Nerd Thugs in this.
1: Yeah. Great design on the Nerd Thugs.
0: This is when the talk of, you know, the Microsoft Monopoly was very popular. We don't care about monopolies anymore, of not course. At all. But it was like, you know what, they <laughs> include Internet Explorer with Windows. That's unfair to Netflix not Netflix, Netscape. That's yeah. unfair. <laughs> How dare that was the most offensive thing a tech company could do, like include a free internet browser Boy, with their uh, operating system.
1: That's uh, really I totally forgot about that. Yeah. yeah the things are pretty different they now. They had to pay
0: a lot of money. Because it was a monopoly, but it's like, like look oh at- no, a hundred
1: million dollars to Bill Gates. That'll break him.
4: It should be very obvious, but I, I, for a long time thought that Bill Gates was actually doing his own voice.
1: Oh, <laughs> I don't
4: know. I don't know why I thought that, but that was like a, an incorrect belief. I carried with me for, for many years.
1: <laughs> Did they try to get him or you know, I bet they probably sent a letter or yeah. something called him, but you know, he, he wasn't doing anything for anybody back then. He kind of barely does that now. Yeah. Uh, Except for appearing on like talk shows to talk about his. Philanthropy. Uh, but this has the rare Simpsons. They they did this and they did this for Pele, where in the credits it says celebrity voices are impersonated. Yeah, do like, not sue. Yep. <laughs> to prote- and I mean Bill Gates, I feel like a year later they wouldn't have allowed Fox wouldn't allow them to do this joke. They'd be like, Bill Gates could sue us. You're saying he's he destroys businesses <laughs> like physically. He like you've written a joke that he's a mobster type character. <laughs> That's uh we could get sued for that by a billionaire. So maybe don't could do he, that.
4: Could he couldn't really sue though. Isn't he a, he's a public figure. It's, I it's clarity.
1: Uh, I don't know. We we saw what happened with Gawker. I, yeah. I, don't know. I mean. That was a little different.
0: Yeah. Mm. I mean they could uh, just waste time and money fighting like a nuisance lawsuit that they don't want to bother with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think at the very least a cease and desist would have deleted that joke I'm, I'm
4: yeah. glad he didn't sue so yeah. I'll just I'll
1: <laughs> he was getting made fun of and other stuff that actually the first time I ever heard of the person Bill Gates as a kid was on the comic strip page because he was a regular appear in Opus or Bloom oh, County okay he uh, they he became like a regular in the comic for some reason and the plot was about him getting married and that he couldn't trust that his wife was only marrying him for his money I, and I was like who is this Bill Gates person and that's that's why I find it, found out and uh, I think his hair is slightly better now, I suppose. Mm. I am pro bowl cut, as, as that was my haircut for about <laughs> 20 years. So. It was a
0: popular man style of the 90s. <laughs> it's
1: real easy. It just dries itself. You don't got to style it. Nothing. It's it's the You've got other things to worry about than your haircut. See, I miss when you could just be an ugly billionaire. Now <laughs> all these guys, they get dressed up by the same PR. Like Jeff Bezos just has to look like lex luther because he's like well this looks cool or same fucking elon musk with his bullshit i want them to just look like losers i miss you losers
4: jack dorsey lately because he's not looking great
1: oh no he's uh yeah but he he thinks he looks great he thinks he's becoming superman i mean he's he's (laughs) him and jordan peterson are becoming becoming the same person
0: i know i love like reading about this retreat he took he paid like all this money (laughs) to some guru like i squat i squatted on concrete for hours in a cave and i felt pain like yeah (laughs) pain hurts you shouldn't (laughs) be sitting on concrete like that
1: give me a million dollars i'll kick you in the dick it's (laughs) like
0: like, i'm so pampered i need to spend money to feel pain again it's like uh, you have bigger
1: problems it's uh i mean this is the gilded age of today man that's how it is but anyway to get off those uh sad topics let's get to child murder again here (laughs) and yes the gang has rounded up they're all chasing after them the the kids have transformed and it is very like terrifying honestly when you know where this is leading in a parody like the kid like death is possible here with the children obviously they're not gonna get killed we know that but uh we do get to see the millhouse really sucks one last time
3: i can't go on you two go ahead and carry me with you Aw, come on, man. (laughs) Hurry! They're catching up! Here, Milhouse, you go first. Okay, now throw a
1: vine back. There's no time! Hmm. She says, there's no time, and runs off pretty. He has doomed them to death. They make you want Milhouse to die. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to, again, I'm Millhouse. I don't want to be mad at the Milhouse in the show, but he's written so horribly here. Right. I think just as someone who
4: identifies with him so strongly, I was able to overlook a lot of his, like, just terrible behavior. But once he brought it to my attention, there's no denying that he is the <laughs> absolute worst throughout yeah. the episode.
1: Just this episode. I mean, Milhouse, he goes in and out of being unlikable he's not uh, i like in a recent episode written by megan amram she very smartly casts him as a leader of a men's rights activist group like that's exactly what millhouse of today would be so uh, he can he has that capacity but other times i like it more as just Uh, A doormat, just a (laughs) gormless doormat who doesn't really cause problems. He just does what he's told. Bart and Lisa then have a very like kind of action movie escape of knocking over a tree and walking the rest of the way. They say in the commentary, they're like, well, we drew it more like looking like a dead tree. So it was somewhat believable. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's pretty cool, though.
1: They then make it into a cave, and the great line of just like they're oh, we'll be safe in this cave. They're in the cave. They're cornered. Let's get them.
0: And then Lisa says, "Oh figs," which on the commentary Lisa was supposed to say, "Oh turds," mm-hmm. but uh, David Cohen pointed out that uh, Yardley did not like that line, and that Lisa <laughs> would not. And also on the commentary, he goes, "Turds," yeah, he because does that's how David Cohen talks, and I love it. And figs, turds. <laughs>
4: You know? I think the, the line the the, the the figs line is funnier.
0: You think yeah. it's like it's closer to an F-word.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like that too. And I I agree with Yardley actually. I think Lisa wouldn't say turds. Like she wouldn't say a dirty word like that. She's smarter. And she'd have a more clever thing that also sounds more like an F word. I think turds is too gutter for Lisa to say. Yeah. I think. Perhaps in this kind of intense moment of seemingly about to be killed by the gang of their schoolmates, maybe then she'd go there. But I, I still prefer figs. It also lightens it more instead of just making you... Also, just hearing Yardley... I, we don't hear it, but I can I just imagine hearing Yardley say turds? It just it feels gross to me. I don't like the feeling mm-hmm. it gives me. <laughs> but yes, the uh, the kids are saved by a monster.
3: Look! We can hide in that cave! We should be safe in here. They're trapped in the cave! Move in for the kill! Oh, figs. Stop! You are in violation of the Model UN Charter! Uh, That's right. The UN doesn't look too
1: kindly on the monster. And uh, the monsters reveal in the in the book. Apparently, the uh, I'm just reading this <laughs> from. The, I didn't read the book. They there is they have they have fears of the monster on the island too. They they believe it exists when it's really like a corpse that is accidentally strung up. Like uh, a, a parachuter dies. On the island, and his corpse is just kind of floating there, and the wind moves it around. Oh, okay. People think that's the monster at the same time. They are hunting boars on the island for food, so I think this is kind of like a combination of the two. Yeah. yeah,
4: and the actual Lord of the Flies is like the what is it, the boar head on a stick?
1: Yeah, also that, too, which uh that explains what the Lord of the Flies is Beelzebub, as they talk about him, or Beelzebub. Uh, that that is literally the Lord of the Flies from biblical history, but. They, uh, I, th- I believe they find out the real Lord of the Flies is man. I think that mm. is the message. We'd we say- are the walking dead. I was going <laughs> to say that. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it out loud, it sounds very trite, but uh, yeah. I feel like if yeah. you...
4: It also sounds trite in context, but,
0: you know, yes. <laughs> Tells other people.
1: Yes, yeah. But I feel like if you read it in the book and you got there over time instead of just saying it out loud, it, it has more impact. That's fair. <laughs> like like after you spent a ton of money in Scientology and then hear about Xenu, you're like, well, I got it. Been this far. I'll I'll believe that.
0: We just spoiled who the Lord of the Flies is. I'm sorry, yes, everybody. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I believe in the book too it ends with an even more kind of like trite thing of well actually it almost in the description it almost sound like a Deus Ex Machina too of like uh they're all about to kill each other and then they get found right at the last second and they all revert back to their childhood selves and realize what monsters they become. But and then the man who sees them, he's a soldier and he's like, Why would, why would you children do this? And he realizes, I'm in World War II. What monsters are we? <laughs> and he looks in the mirror, he's like, I'm Hitler. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's like a good Twilight Zone twist. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: but yes, yeah, so the, the twist here is that there was a wild boar out there, maybe the only boar on the island. I have to assume they'll hunt for more before they're saved. Uh, but they do kill the boar off screen. So their bloodlust is sated there too. Yeah, um, but all right, look, this is just the last minute of it. Let's let's just hear the whole thing. And there's Slime for all up until yeah. This okay. This also feels like a little shot at vegetarians to be like, you would still lick slime rather than like eat the only food that's here because it's an animal. I would think I'm not a vegetarian, but I would think if I was on the island and it was either starve or kill an animal to eat it and live. I do think I would kill that animal. I don't know. Like, Bob, you're you're yeah. kind of a vegetarian. There are no atheists
0: in a foxhole. There are no vegetarians <laughs> on a desert island. Sure.
1: I'd agree with that. But hey, vegetarians, you tell us if you would lick slime or kill that boar. I'm a, I'm a pescatarian, and I would absolutely
4: have eaten the boar.
1: 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, well, let's hear the ending, and then we shall talk about it.
3: Your monster appears to be nothing but a run-of-the-mill wild boar. Hey, look at his tusk. So the boar ate our food. Uh, Sorry about that whole trying to kill you thing. (laughs) Yeah, well, you should be. I only stole two sandwiches and a bag of Doritos. Hey, if a boar can survive here, there must be a source of food. Look, he's licking the slime off that rock. That's what he's been eating, slime. (laughs) And there's enough slime for all of us. We're saved. Mm. All that slime made this boar extra tender. More snout, anyone? Mmm, mmm. How was your dinner, Elise? Ah, shut up. (laughs) Savages.
0: So
5: the children learned to function as a society. And eventually, they were rescued by, oh, let's say... Mo,
0: and the genial but authoritative voice of James Earl Jones. Yes, yeah. Ends the episode.
1: Uh, yeah. i right.
0: I've gotten over it, Henry. Mm. I think it's clever and cute.
6: Mm, mm.
1: <laughs> it's a parody. Who cares? It's not an original it, story. Fine. All right. It's clever. It is a clever way to get out of a thing they didn't want to write. Yeah. And it would have, by the time they got to this point, if they then had like a minute of actually showing them get saved or them cutting to them at home and they have some joke about, well, now that we're at home, I guess, blah, 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 something like that, that wouldn't have been better. It was lame too. At least this was a clever fu to storytelling. I don't like what it portends. Now I'm sounding like mm-hmm. Matt Chrisman in our our episode of Homer's Enemy but this does feel like a line is crossed. They decide well if we did this we can we can have we can have the Loch Ness Monster work at a casino who cares cross
0: the Rubicon I, if you will I, I was trying
1: not to say <laughs> that through the I, looking glass Henry I say Rubicon every episode <laughs> I am not saying it <laughs> this time. That, like, I, how, do we know how Mo saved them was it with his like <laughs> flying contraption that I hope so see that's another pull it out of your ass ending but at least it was like set up a little bit I, I let's say when we say let's say Mo let's say it was with his fan machine
0: yeah I mean like I now that I've written like a com, so I write for something awful I've written a comedy uh, piece every other week for 14 years I know what it's like to be like I have to end this (laughs) <laughs> I have no good joke to go out on I just it just has to be over so here's a wet fart to end on and then it's over <laughs> just like they can't all be winners I, I can identify with this now just like also like Matt Graney points out a lot on commentaries on interviews like often like Looney Tune cartoons will just be like hilarious gags from front to end and the last thing will suck the last <laughs> thing will just be the character shrugging and the iris going in on them and that's it this is true and that's what this episode is because I feel like I quote so many things from this episode but so I can forgive the kind of lame ending because it's just like uh, uh, I quote so many things from this. Like, it's okay that there's not a hilarious joke that it goes out on. I do like uh, Lisa licking the slime. I think that, I mean, I think that things have just changed so much.
4: And and with this show and also with so many of the shows that followed, like, this kind of ending and, and this sort of, like, shrug and not actually a anything is so standard that, like... I might've been more annoyed at the time. I can't really remember, but at this point it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. Like it's just the way things
1: are. Well, see that actually makes me dislike this even more. Oh my God. <laughs> that, it ma- for that
4: No, I totally, <laughs> yeah. I totally get
1: that. Well, that it if it, yeah, that it gave permission, not just to Simpsons, but also clever comedy writers all over America were just like, well, the Simpsons just shrugged at the end. Why don't we just do that? Like let's, that bothers me all the more. I, again, I think out of mm-hmm. objectively it is funny. To have James Earl Jones say, uh, to say, let's say Mo, that's funny, and it's a clever concept. And they, the episode didn't have much you could cut. If I would change it now, I would get rid of any of the internet stuff. Save it for a different episode that needed a B story, and that gives you two extra minutes to either do more Lord of the Flies references or have a real ending. And I don't know how satisfying it is, like. Uh, Okay, here's my pitch for an ending. (laughs) Otto took back over that boat. He's now the leader of it, and he gets the kids and takes them home. There. That pays off the Otto story, too. He's in every act. Do that. How about that? This is
0: indeed a disturbing ending.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is also, yeah, the third appearance of James Earl Jones on the show, and his third two-date is only one. But how did we get here behind the scenes, this ending? Uh, It's actually, we've got competing stories here. So the commentary version is uh, on the commentary, writer David X. Cohen is there, George Meyer is there, Matt Groening is there, executive producer Mike Scully is there. They talk about how uh, Mike Scully says, we're just so tired of this story, we, it's, <laughs> we don't want to... Take forever to get to the ending that you know we have to do where we revert everything to normal. We don't want to do it. And they thank George Meyer, who is present. They say, George, I believe this was your pitch. You said, uh, let's say Mo, And then they pitched on other people it could be, but they're like, no, Mo's the funniest name. And then... George Meyer would pitch that it would be James Earl Jones who would say it to add even more absurdity to this real shrug of an ending. Uh, and Matt Groening also says he loves that ending. It's one of his favorite endings on the show. So he he likes it. Mike and Mo is it.
0: not in this episode at all.
1: Yes, which makes it even funnier. Uh, but in our interview with Dan Graney, when I brought up this ending, this was over a year ago, Dan Graney, who was a writer at the time, not the writer of this episode, but in the writer's room, he says he pitched it and that it was George Myers' idea to make it James Earl Jones. Mm. So I, I don't know who truly did it. Dan Graney, in our interview, was seemed to have a very good memory of jokes he pitched, like uh, he, that he pitched in Big End, that he pitched Everything's Coming a Millhouse. So I do trust his memory on that. But oppositely, on the commentary, it's more than just one person who's saying it. They're all agreeing to this memory that it was George Myers. So... I don't know.
4: I um, I wonder what it would have looked like, though, if they couldn't, if James Earl Jones had said no for some reason.
1: Mm, yeah. Like,
4: would they have done something totally different? Because it doesn't mm. really work with,
0: you know. There I, I are mean- um, other announcers, <laughs> yeah. other authoritative voices they probably could have turned to. I can't think of anyone from that era. Anyone or,
1: else? Or they just asked Harry Shearer to imitate yeah. James Earl Jones. Yeah. Like, sure. That makes sense. I, I would figure, I, I believe it was Harry Shearer who did the James Earl Jones voices in uh, Ralph yeah. Springfield. Kimba. I mean, Simba. <laughs> Uh, so, all right, look, ultimately in this episode, it is way funnier than I remember full of a lot of quotable lines that have lived on iconic moments in the series. It is a better episode than I recalled as a kid, but as a whole, as a thing to watch, I really don't like where it takes things and I don't like all the kid stuff. And I I don't like uh, such an I, I really hate the ending I still don't like I like the ending as a joke I don't like where it takes the series so that's that's all I'll say for the rest of Das Bus I do oh yeah Das Bus parody on Das, Bo- das Boot Das Boots which does like. It's really that feels like a gag on that. They could have had a Lord of the Flies joke as the title, but instead they name it a thing that has nothing to do with what they're parodying. It's
4: and, a baffling title choice, and I also always pronounce it in my head as Das Boost because I'm thinking <laughs> it's, it's the parody of Das Boot, <laughs> but I don't actually. I guess Das Bus makes just as
0: much sense. Mm. I've said my piece. Any final thoughts about this, Lewis?
4: Yeah, I mean it's weird because I I, I totally agree with all the the shortcomings and how it sets the stage for more wackiness and unresolved endings and yet i'm just so fond of this episode for the lines that i quote all the time and for the commitment to a parody of something i've always been too chilled by to actually read or watch myself Hmm.
0: so this has been talking simpsons thanks for listening lewis peitzman you are a special guest can you tell our friends listening at home where they can find you online and read your stuff
4: Yes, please uh, follow me on Twitter at Lewis Pitesman, and you can subscribe to my newsletter LewisPitesman.substack.com, where I write about theater, housewives, and horror.
1: Awesome! No, I uh, yeah, you've been doing you've been doing a lot of great freelance stuff, and I also Thank you're just you. a very funny tweeter. I I, you. I like your tweets. Much appreciated.
0: <laughs> thanks again for joining us, Lewis. Thanks for having me. So thanks again to Lewis for being on the show. Again, check out his stuff on Twitter and wherever you find good writing. But as for us, if you want to help support the show and get our podcast one week ahead of time and at free and all kinds of crazy bonuses on top of that please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons and for the low incredibly low 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 price of five dollars a month you can join our talking simpsons network and get exclusive series like talking critic talking futurama and the currently unraveling talking of the hill also we have many other bonuses at that level including nfc's and wrap-ups community podcasts every month lots and lots of interviews including two we reference in this episode One with Josh Weinstein and one with Dan Green here. Just two of maybe 20 interviews we've done to date. (laughs)
1: With ton of Simpsons masters who have worked on the show, in some cases since the very beginning. Tons of folks who know, they know where the bodies are buried in Simpsons land. And we've learned so many things you won't even learn on the commentaries. They're they're really, really great. Yes. You, it's totally worth five bucks a month just to get access to those alone. And we have a
0: newish tier at the $10 level, which includes a bonus monthly movie podcast called What a Cartoon Movie, Henry. Tell us more about that.
1: If you guys love hearing me and Bob deconstruct a Simpsons episode for a full podcast... You'll also enjoy hearing us do the same for an animated feature film once a month. These are super-duper premium podcasts where me and Bob talk for over three hours about a different animated feature film. Last month's was The Secret of Nim, and if you sign up in this month, you will get to hear our newest one of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And you know I love talking about Spidey. Mm -hmm. So please, sign up at the $10 level or up your pledge to it, patreon.com slash talking simpsons. So as for me, I've been
0: one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retro Knots every Monday and occasionally Friday. Please go to retronauts.com or look for Retro Knots in your podcast device. Listen and subscribe to it. I think you'll like it. It's lots of fun. Henry, how about you?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. If you follow me there, you'll find out whatever new things go up on the Patreon or other podcast announcements first at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thanks again for listening, folks.
0: We'll see you next week with The Last Temptation of Crust. We'll see you then.